Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical, underage sale prohibited. Introducing Zone Nicotine Pouches, the perfect balance of unparalleled comfort, longer-lasting flavor, and nicotine that satisfies. Whether you're zoning in during the race or zoning out after a tough day at work, Zone gets you there faster and keeps you there longer. Available in seven flavors and in six and nine milligram strengths. Find Zone at zonepouches.com and retailers near you. Own your Zone with Zone Nicotine Pouches. This is Motor Racing Network Classics, presented by MRN. Your radio dial is on target for an adventure in racing. Welcome to Stock Car Racing's oldest and most prestigious super speedway event, the Southern 500. Dave Rogers and the eye in the sky overlooking the front straightaway at Darlington International Raceway. We're about 28 minutes away from the start of the 1973 Southern 500. Al, you'll start it with a polo, I guess. Fine, Dave, and on that pole, as you mentioned a while ago, and at uh, Carnival 21, the Wood Brothers, Mercury from Spartanburg, South Carolina, David Pearson. He won the pole with a 150.366 miles per hour qualifying speed. Outside on that front row, the, from Hueytown, Alabama, two-time winner, and he has won the past two years here at Darlington from Hueytown, Alabama, and the Coca-Cola Chevrolet, Bobby Allison. The second row on the inside... Car number 43 from Randleman, North Carolina, the STP Dodge is Richard Petty. On the outside in car number 15 from Franklin, Tennessee, in the State Power Ford, Darrell Waltrip. Row three on the inside, starting position number five. Car number 71 from Charlotte, North Carolina, in the K&K Insurance Company Dodge, it's Buddy Baker. And on the outside in car number 28 from Georgetown, Indiana, in the Pylon Wipers Chevrolet, charging Charlie Glotzbach. The fourth row inside, car number 72 from Ellerby, North Carolina, the point leader right now in the Grand National Winston Cup Series. In the DeWitt Enterprises Chevrolet, it's Benny Parsons. And on the outside, in car number 11 from nearby Timmonsville, South Carolina, the Car Care Junior Johnson Chevrolet, Kale Yarborough. Fifth row inside, in car number 54 from up in Petersburg, Virginia, the Master Sales Chevrolet, Lenny Pond. And on the outside of that uh, fifth row, t- starting position number 10, car number 77, from Anniston, Alabama, in the Ward Racing Chevrolet, Charlie Roberts. Sixth row inside, car number 18, from Golden Valley, Minnesota, in the Frisson Cement Dodge, Big Joe, Joe Frisson. On the outside, in car number 67, from Martinsville, Virginia, in the Cherokee Construction Dodge, Buddy Arrington. Seventh row inside, car number 24, from Horseshoe, North Carolina, the Gordons Brothers Chevrolet, Cecil Gordon. And on the outside, in car number 14, from Columbia, Tennessee, in the Cunningham Kelly Chevrolet, Clifton Cuckoo Marlin. Eighth row inside, car number 49, from Bluff City, Tennessee, in the Cam Craft Dodge, G.C. Spencer. And on the outside, in car number 31, from Charlotte, North Carolina, the Nixon Enterprises Dodge, Jim Vandenberg. Ninth row inside, car number 64 from Charlotte, North Carolina, and the Langley Racing Mercury, Elmo Langley. And on the outside, in car number 03 from McKeesport, Pennsylvania, the Gale Trucking Company Mercury, it's Tom Gale. Looking at row 10 on the inside, it's Dick May of Brownsville, New York, and the Hollow Racing Mercury. He qualified about seven miles an hour slower than Mr. Pearson. James Hilton is on the outside of row 10. James now out of Roanoke, Virginia, in the Hilton Racing Mercury. 
And on row 11 on the inside, it's Henley Gray of Rome, Georgia. No stranger to racing in Darlington in the Lindsay Motors Mercury. He qualified at about uh, 7 miles an hour slower than uh, that 150-mile pace set by David Pearson. That's uh, inside row 11. On the outside is Dick Brooks. We've mentioned Dick. He's from Spartanburg, racing out of Spartanburg now. The NB Racing Chevrolet. Row 12 inside is occupied by Richie Panch of Daytona Beach, Florida, and the Collie Company Ford. On the outside of row 12 is Frank Warren of Harrisburg, North Carolina, in the Warren Racing Dodge. Then looking at row 13 inside, veteran Bill Champion is there. Bill's from Norfolk, Virginia. He's piloting a Powell Auto Parts Mercury. Row 13 on the outside next to Bill Champion is Dean Dalton of Asheville, North Carolina, in the Belden Asphalt Mercury. Row 14 on the inside, David Sisko of Nashville, Tennessee. Sisko Racing Chevrolet, he's driving, and he's on the inside of row 14 next to Walter Ballard of Houston, Texas. Former Rookie of the Year, Walter Ballard in the Heckerman Foreign Cars Mercury. Then on row 15 inside, Richard Childress is the driver. Richard from Winston-Salem, North Carolina, and the Newton Trucking Chevrolet. Mick Parsons of Skyland, North Carolina, and the Seifert Racing Board is next to him on row 15 outside. Row 16, Bud Moore of Charleston, South Carolina, and the Trucksmore Equipment Mercury. And then on row 16 outside, J.D. McDuffie of Sanford, North Carolina, and the McDuffie Racing Chevrolet. We have... Row 17, occupied by Dave Thomas of Christiansburg, Virginia. Randy Tiso of Hollywood, Florida. And the Teleco Enterprises Chevrolet is row 17 outside. Row 18 inside. Richard Brown of Claremont, North Carolina. In the Brown Brothers Racing Chevrolet. On row 18 outside, Ray Williams of Chapel Hill, North Carolina. And the Jug Ford. In row 19, we go to Johnny Barnes of Charlotte in uh, Wisconsin. I think it's Port Charlotte, Wisconsin. Hopper Cruise Motors Mercury. Johnny's driving, so that's uh, inside 19. Johnny Barnes driving on row 19 outside. Ed Negree of Concord, North Carolina in the Mills Air Conditioner Dodge. D.K. Ulrich of Charlotte, North Carolina in the Knowles Automotive Ford is 19th row outside. Then uh, D.K. Ulrich on the 20th row inside. Mel Larson then is on the 20th row outside. He's from Las Vegas in the Thermosol Steam Bath Dodge. And he'll be on the outside 20th row. That completes the lineup. Napa! Silence is golden, especially when it comes to brakes. That's why Napa Silent Guard are built to be one of the smoothest and most quiet brakes on the market. Made with fiber-reinforced shins that eliminate noise for the life of the pad, rubber-coated hardware for a better fit, and quality design that meets and exceeds OE performance. Silent Guard brakes deliver the stopping power drivers demand. Available now at Napa locations nationwide. The car is coming through that fourth turn now. The caution car dropping down, going down into the pit road. The car is looking very nicely. All the colors of the rainbow waiting right now for the crowd as they come down the front straightaway. Pearson on the inside. Allison on the outside. The cars lined up nicely. Some of them juggling just a little bit. Ready for the start. The green flag is out on the Southern 500 is underway as they come down the front straightaway. And it's David Pearson out in front, followed by Richard Petty. Charlie Jean, Charlie Glotzbeck moved up into the number three spot. And it's moved the car number 12 of Bobby Allison back into the number four spot. Cale Yarbrough is fifth. Darrell Waltrip sixth. Buddy Becker seventh. Benny Parsons eighth. 
Lenny Pond is ninth as they go down the back straightaway. A beautiful sight now as David Pearson leads the car to the third turn. He goes up high, kisses the ball just a little bit, bounces off of it, holds on to control, keeps that number one spot as they come down the front straightaway. David Pearson out in front. And we have problems and plenty of passing back in the pack as one of the cars got a little out of shape. Here comes Daryl Waltrip into the pit. Daryl Waltrip coming down pit road. Something problem with his car. But out in front, we have a real battle. Flashback moving up fast on Richard Petty as they go down the back straightaway. Petty's in the number two spot. Out in front is David Pearson now as Glotzbach makes a move. Glotzbach in that uh, number 28, a Chevrolet, trying to move up on Richard Petty. Those cars right together. Another car coming down pit road. We'll check the number on it as he comes down. Richard Childers coming down pit road. They're uh, looking at the right side, and evidently the fender getting banged up a little bit on Daryl Waltrip's car as they're working on the right side of Waltrip's car on the safe power forward. Waltrip now going down the way. Waltrip hit the rail as he went through the turn just a few minutes ago. He definitely has that Darlington stripe on that car now. Dave, as he moves down the front straight away. Very definitely. This is going to be one of those days when you don't know what's going to happen until the checker flies. Up front. Out in front. Still the Pearson car. David Pearson out in front in the Wood Brothers Mercury. And now a change in number two spot as charging Charlie Glotzbach moves around. Richard Petty to take up the number two spot. Glotzbach in number two. The Mercury out in front with David Pearson. Glotzbach in second place. Richard Petty's moved down to third. Cale Yarborough has moved to the number four spot. And the Chevrolet driven by Bobby Allen in second fifth. We were talking to Bobby earlier this week. He said that in spot. Moving Petty back to four. So Petty was in the number two spot. He got the jump on uh, Bobby Allison a while ago. Now Petty's being challenged by Allison as they come down the front straightaway. Allison on the inside moves around and out in front of Richard Petty as they move into the number two turn. Richard Petty moves back into the fifth spot in a challenge for the number one spot. Charging Charlie Glotzbach moves down to the inside. Glotzbach down the inside. Pearson holds him off. Going into that treacherous third turn. There's not much room there. There's only one group as they move through. Lenny Ponds is in the pits on the front straightaway. The hood goes up on the Lenny Pond car. The traffic now catching up with some of the slower cars, the front runners. As they move around, James Thomas going down in the first turn, but still out in front is... The Whit Brothers Mercury charging Charlie Glotz back, trying to get around him. That Chevrolet prepared by Hoss Ellington from down to Wilmington, North Carolina, right in the thick of this battle. It sat on the outside of the front row last year with David Pearson, or rather with uh, Fred Lorenzo driving the car. More traffic as they move around the traffic up the third and fourth turn. And falling back just a little bit is Glotz back, Richard Petty. Still trying to catch up with those two Chevrolets just in front of him, Cale Yarborough and Bobby Allison. Cale Yarborough now challenging for the number two spot as we have positions changing every time around here at Darlington. And Cale Yarborough moves around Glotzbach to take over the number two spot. The Timmonsville guy is really serious today, Dave. He looks like he wants to get out front and stay out there. Here he goes up in that third turn making a challenge on David Pearson. He's down the inside. Pearson holds him off again. That third turn is not the place to pass. Here comes Bobby Allison. Allison charges around Glotzbach, taking over the number three spot, knocking Glotzbach back to the number four spot as they come down that front straightaway. And we've got the three Chevrolets really battling it out with a Dodge and a Mercury here today. There goes Cale Yarbrough moving up very fast. Dave, as they go into that second corner. Yes, the Cale is trailing smoke. 
little smoke coming out of Cale Yarborough's car. Cale trying to take over the number one spot. He moves down to the inside and moves down the inside of Pearson. And Cale Yarborough as your leader. They catch Pearson in traffic, and that goes Bobby Allison around. Allison moves up the number two spot. Cale Yarborough's out in front now in the Southern 500. Going to challenge a lot of traffic on the inside. Some of the traffic moving over as they come down this front straightaway. We had some action just a moment ago up in the third and fourth turn. Let's go to Dick Jones. Richard Brown came into turn three and flat lost it, spun out, pulled it down right in front of our stand and got squared away. Coming into turn three, there's a slick spot. Daryl Waltrip puts the bus over, scored all over the wall, bouncing off three times, and Jeff Vandiver is having his problems in three. Now back to the eye. A turn, of course, as we mentioned a while ago, very treacherous and a while ago when some of the front runners were trying to pass up there. They had to slow it down a little bit, fall back in line because of that slick spot, evidently. We also have some problems with car number 89, Johnny Barnes from Port Charlotte, Florida, and the Hopper Cruise Mercury is having his problems with that car. Meantime, up front, we have the cars racing for that number one position and a lot of battling up there, too. Bobby Allison has moved around Cale Yarborough, and Bobby Allison is out in front. The third driver to lead here in the Southern 500 comes down the front straightaway. He's out in front right now. Bobby Allison out in front. Hill Yarborough in second place. David Pearson is riding in the number three spot now. Back in the fourth spot is Glotzbach. Fifth is Richard Petty. Let's go on down the line and check the driver. Sixth is uh, Vinny Parsons. No, Parsons has fell back just a little bit. It's Buddy Baker in the number sixth spot. We'll check the other cars down the line and check for you as they move by. Vinny Parsons is in the number seven spot. That'll move Cuckoo Marlin into the number eight spot. Cecil Gordon is running ninth. Jim Vandiver is running in the number ten spot. Joe Frisson is 11th. And uh, it should be Daryl Walter possibly in the number 12 position. Walter on down the line. He had the problem a while ago up in that third turn. Bounced off of that turn. Had to come into the pitch quickly. The action still fast and furious here at the Darlington Raceway today, Dave. Well, I noticed that uh, Roy Main from Shaw Air Force Base has stepped in now and is driving for Jay Thomas. It was expected earlier that uh, we would have a change in that, of course, because of the point setup in NASCAR. Many times these drivers will uh, start a car, let someone else finish the uh, race or run the rest of the race, but they get the points as far as that uh, start is concerned. You have some other information there, Dave. Yeah, I see that uh, on the pit board at Glenn Woods' stable there, they have for Pearson the message, the L-O-O-S-E. Well, a lot of these cars, of course, uh, set up on Saturday. That's the last time they're on the track. And we talked to several of the drivers over the weekend. They were talking about how much the track was changing from day to day last week. Because they started here on Wednesday of last week. They qualified on Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. The track changed from day to day. They did put the sealant compound on the track, which, of course, gives it a little uh, slick appearance at first. And then it uh, changes from day to day. So they have to watch that. Bobby Allison now has moved out in front. We'll check the uh, time interval between those first five cars they've been together. Lenny Pond's coming down pit road, and the hood is completely over the top of the car. Lenny Pond definitely has to be one of the most hard luck guys in auto racing. Something happened to the hood latch, evidently, of that car, and the hood is completely on top of the car. I don't know how he's driving that car. Maybe John Quackenbush or Ned Jerry can tell us. It looks like that hood's completely up there, isn't it, boys? 
go down to the uh, pits and uh, John Quackenbush, could you tell us a little bit about that uh, Lenny Pond's car there, John? Well, as they were coming down pit road for his second pit stop, the hood blew up off Lenny Pond's car and completely blocked the windshield, almost came up over the top of the car. Since that time, he has pulled behind pit wall, behind his pit area where his pit crew is underneath that hood and uh, looking into the engine to see what's going on there. He'll probably be back in the race. Pond is still in the car. Now back to the iron sky. They're working on that hood, trying to pull it back down. I don't know whether they could see as they went up that pit road or not, but uh, he was driving, trying to get around there to get back into operation. Lenny, as we mentioned, one of the hard luck drivers in NASCAR this year. He, here in the Rebel 400, or Rebel 500 this year, was going very, very fine until he was involved in that accident down in the first turn, which took him out early in the race. He uh, worked on the car feverishly, finally got back in and ran a few laps, and he blew an engine. Here earlier this week, he was doing very nicely and uh, qualified well, was ready to go in that uh, beautiful car of his. The car 54, and uh, he started in ninth starting position. Then uh, Saturday in practice, he blew an engine, went into the wall, and, uh, well, they spent most of uh, Saturday night and Sunday working on the right front fender of that car number 54. It's a beautiful car, Master Chevrolet car, and they're working on the hood right now, trying to get it ready to go again here at Darlington, South Carolina. Meantime, the Richard Childress car is in the pits again. He gets a right-side tire on that uh, Chevrolet of his, and Richard Childress moves back into the action. The action, as far as that front spot is concerned, is centered on the Chevrolets, driven by Bobby Allison and Cale Yarborough. And they move up that back straightaway. Cale Yarborough has closed that gap now. We'll try to get a separation between him and Pearson, who is in third place. And Pearson is one and six-tenths seconds behind the car number 12 of Bobby Allison now. The cook machine moves through that fourth turn and down the front straightaway. They dive into that fourth turn trying to stay away from that wall where so many cars get that Darlington stripe. And of course with this traffic here being very heavy at Darlington they move and move very carefully through that fourth turn. They're moving around some traffic now. Moving around Richard Childress and Paul Tyler up the back straightaway and under Elmo Langley moving down to the inside as they go. Cale Yarbrough is still following closely right behind the car of Bobby Allison. Those two Chevrolets out in front. Allison out in front. Cale Yarborough in second place. David Pearson's back in third. Glotz back is in fourth spot. And Richard Petty in fifth. Those five cars very, very close together. Then there's a separation of about two and a half seconds back to Buddy Baker, who is in the number six spot. Dropping back just a little bit more in the number seven spot then comes Benny Parsons. And as it uh, was... Valley Hood beforehand living up to those expectations. Another great event and a lot of fine racing here at Darlington, Dave. And these guys look like they're very serious. They look like they're playing it a little cautious right now in these early laps, sort of feeling each other out. And I guess more important, feeling out the old granddaddy of them all, the Southern 500, the treacherous lady. What do you think? Yes, there's been a lot of talk and a lot written about Darlington and the unpredictability of this track. And uh, the lady in black, they call her the most dangerous track, the one you can ever figure out, the one that's uh, essentially a one groove track, but uh, I, they, I think there's just a little bit more than the prize money that's offered here today. It is the fact that it is the Southern 500. It got things started in big league racing back in 1950, and it is a tradition in the sport, and I think Bobby Allison feels like he should be up there now that he's won back-to-back wins here and is the defending champion of the Southern 500, and although uh, Bobby has had just a few moments of glory this year in the two bar, he uh, 
really is due and uh, has an uh, automobile that is capable of winning. He uh, had a very good start on the front row outside. See that uh, Richard Childress is on the apron on three and four, and we also noticed that uh, Mel Larson was in the pits. The hood was up, but now we understand he is back to racing, Hal. It looks like Richard Childress came around that fourth turn, went on into the garage area. Looks like he might be parking here for the day, and uh, a real favorite of mine, one of the finest human beings that ever came down the turnpike from up in Bluff City, Tennessee, has moved his car behind the wall. We're talking about G.C. Spencer. G.C., by the way, was the outgoing president of the Darlington Union Records Club. He has moved his car now behind the wall and going back into the garage area. A lot of smoke coming out of that back of that car. So quite possibly uh, engine problem for G.C. Spencer. He brought it in. A lot, of these time, a lot of times these drivers will be checking those gauges and see that that oil pressure starts going down. They know an engine is about ready to let go and they move her out. So there's two drivers that had a lot of hopes for today have moved behind the wall. G.C. Spencer from up in Bluff City, Tennessee, and Richard Childress, who was having some problems. Childress is in the uh, pit several times. Now, many of these drivers will pull into that garage area, and that does not necessarily mean that they're out of the race. They're going in there to do a little work on those cars, and they'll be back a little later on. In other words, let me uh, go do a little work to that car and get back and uh, see if I can't get it going again. Meantime, up front, still plenty of action as Cale Yarborough continues to try to press that, uh, for that number one spot. Still out in front, Bobby Allison with Cale Yarborough in second place. In the number three spot is David Pearson in the Mercury. Fourth is Glotzbach. Glotzbach trying to put a lap now on Clifton Cuckoo Marlin. And close in behind Glotzbach in the Dodge, Richard Petty going up the back straightaway. He is in the number five spot. In sixth spot, back now about three and a half to four seconds is the Buddy Baker Dodge. Buddy Baker driving the K&K Insurance Company Dodge. In fact, you've got a 20-lap uh, run down there, Dave. Why don't we just get through that 20-lap run down and find out just how they're running right now. Right, and the speed is pretty good, too. We noticed that the average speed at the end of 20 official laps was 145.2 miles per hour, and that's uh, off the record in 1970 of 149.5. But uh, from Allison and, of course, to uh, Cale Yarborough and Pearson and Glotzbach and Petty, and uh, Baker, we go to the number seven position, and the seventh position is occupied by Benny Parsons of Elvin, North Carolina, and that's DeWitt Enterprise Chevrolet. In eighth position is car number 61, and uh, that is Dick Brooks. Dick in that uh, Chevrolet today, the Bob Racing Chevrolet, is in eighth position. Then ninth slot, car number 31, and you're keeping records with it, and that's the uh, Jim Vandiver's machine. Charlotte, North Carolina, Jim Vandiver and the Bradford Enterprise Dodge. And uh, the tenth position, and uh, car number 14 is Cuckoo Marlin. Hal? We see an old friend and a former resident of Darlington, South Carolina, Jim Hunter, giving us a little hello from over in the pit. One of the largest crowds ever here in Darlington, South Carolina. They're, well, we started to say they're hanging from the rafters. They're even on top of the rafters, and we've got uh, action down this front straightaway as Cale Yarbrough moves up even closer as they come down the front straightaway, moving right in behind Bobby Allison. Meantime, Bud Moore from Charleston, South Carolina, and a truck for Mercury having some problems coming off of a third and fourth turn, and he's down this front straightaway. He's moving very, very slowly down this front straightaway. He evidently had some problems up in the turn just a moment ago, and uh, he spun the car around, we understand. He spun out. 
Bud Moore from Charleston, and Bud was one of the uh, young stars that came on the Grand National scene a few years ago, been without a ride for a while, getting another ride here in the Southern 500. We talked a while ago, Dave, about this track and about the fact that uh, it's very treacherous in places, almost a one-groove track, and it's uh, a little slick, and it's been a little slick from time to time. By the way, up that track, straight away now, Kale Yarbrough trying to take over that lead. He's down the inside of Bobby Allison. Allison up close to the wall. Kale Yarbrough on the inside, and they swap positions. Yarbrough moves around him, and now Allison trying to get back on the inside, trying to get back around, but Kale Yarbrough holds onto the lead here at Darlington, and Kale Yarbrough's out in front. The Chevrolet swapping positions up in that third and fourth turn, and Kale Yarbrough now takes the lead in the Southern 500. He's out in front right now with Bobby Allison dropping back into the number two spot. Let's get that separation between that first spot and the third spot, and you can see where David Pearson is now as they go up that back straightaway. Cale Yarbrough out in front, and David Pearson is now three and eight-tenths seconds behind. Three and eight-tenths seconds behind. We started to mention a moment ago before that action over on that back straightaway that uh, the turns here, of course, when this race started, many of the drivers figured there's going to be a little slick, a little treacherous. We saw the signs come out from the Wood Brothers asking David Pearson, is it loose? Just what is the situation out there? Let's find out from the guys around the uh, horn, and let's go first over to that first and second turn and get a report from Paul Sexton on the condition of the track and how the guys are moving through that first and second turn. Paul? That first and second turn, of course, is very important. Down that back straightaway is where they get that power coming off that second turn to get ready for the third. How about it, uh, Earl Kelly over in the back stands? How are they moving down that back straightaway? Well, they're doing a lot of racing down this back straightaway. Each time around, Keel Yarber and Bobby Allison have been jockeying for position as they head down toward number three. It's been exciting thus far. The fans back here really taking it on. And I think uh, the fact that they were going so fast caused both Richard Childress and Richard Brown to spin down there in three and four a little while ago. But they're back out there racing now. Plenty of action for the back that third and fourth turn is the one here. Of course, at one time, it was strictly a one-groove turn, the third and fourth turn here at Darlington, and it's uh, taking its toll today, as witnessed by uh, Waltrip and several other cars. Let's get a report from Dick Jones. Hale and Bobby coming in now. Bobby uses the third turn to his advantage as he tries to get out of the inside of Kale. Coming right into three, there's a very slick spot that's carrying the cars slick. into the wall. Most of the cars are carrying the Darlington stripe already. Jim Vandiver is really having his problems. He's kissing the wall an average of three or four times every time he goes through the turn. Back to the eye. Kale Yarbrough trying to move away from Bobby Allison. Is about a second, second and a half out in front. The real battle here at Darlington is for third, fourth, and fifth place. Those three cars practically goon together as they go into those turns with David Pearson in the number three spot, charging Charlie Glotch back forth, and Richard Petty in the number five spot. Those cars staying right together. No one giving an inch to the other is not taking it, and that's the way it is between those. In fact, right now, charging Charlie Glotch back, moves down to the inside, trying to get around Pearson. Pearson holds him off as they go through that... Uh, down in that first and second turn. We have a report right now from over in the pit area, so let's go over to the pits 
and John Quackenbush. Okay, Hal, a longtime favorite here at Darlington and all the other super speedways around the country. G.C. Spencer from Bluff City, Tennessee, has fallen out of the race in his 72 Dodge. What's the problem, G.C.? Well, uh, we had an oil leak, and uh, I run over something over in the third corner when a couple of them spun out or whatever they did over there. I thought it was a piece of a tar, but it must have been a piece of iron, and I believe it cracked the aluminum oil back. GC, with the slippery conditions that you had during qualifying here, how was the track? Well, you know, I hit the wall several times qualifying or in practice. But today, see, like my car was sticking real good. Uh, I get loose once in a while coming off a of four. But otherwise, the car was working real good. The afternoon stays cool. I think we're going to have a fast race. Yeah, I do too. But there's a lot of those boys that look like they're doing a lot of slipping and sliding up in uh, three going in. GC, thanks for coming over and best of luck in the future. Thank you. GC Spencer from Bluff City, Tennessee. We have a report on Lenny Pond's car. Lenny was pulled behind the wall. Uh, he was having uh, problems with his oil pressure because of the fact that he bumped the wall during practice run on uh, Saturday afternoon. And the action continues for that third, fourth, and fifth spot as Phil Glotzbach putting the pressure on David Pearson, trying to take over that number uh, three spot. Glotzbach, of course, one of the real stars of NASCAR for many, many years, and he's always been a contender. He definitely is today here at Darlington, South Carolina. Let's get that 40-lap rundown, Dave. Right, and looking at it, uh, we see Keel Yarborough in the number one spot. In the number two position is Bobby Allison. Number three, David Pearson. Number four is Charlie Back. Richard Petty is fifth. Buddy Baker is sixth. Benny Parsons is seventh. All in the same lap. And then looking at the eighth position, it's uh, car number 61, and that's the one that has popped up here in the top ten early in the race, and that's Dick Brooks Chevrolet. Then ninth is uh, Cuckoo Marlin in tenth position. Car number 24, Cecil Gordon, and in eleventh position, Jim Vandiver in the Dodge. Tom Gale, we understand, has been the victim of a blown engine. And here we have a speed of 145.4. After 40 laps of racing, we are 48 out on the track now. Kyle Larson brings his Chevy four tires to no-go racing fuel. From fueling NASCAR champions on the track for over 20 years to innovating 94 octane, the highest octane on the market. Performance is what Sunoco does. All Sunoco fuel at the pump meets the same top-tier standards as the fuel used in NASCAR. Money's not here for Ryan Blaney. Four tires with Sunoco fuel. From the track to your tank, you can trust Sunoco to help your vehicle perform at its peak. We're back at Darlington, South Carolina. Problems up in that third and fourth turn. Several cars spinning around. Let's go up to Dick Jones in the third and fourth turn. Dick. Johnny Barnes started it all as he came in, dropped an engine, went sideways. Jeff Vandiver tried to get around him, lost control of his car, spun up. David Sisko came in, put his in a loop, and he got a hold of Vandiver and went on through. Buddy Baker almost lost his dodge, brought it under control. They're down the front shed. Let's go back to the eye. A lot of action up there in that third and fourth turn. Plenty of oil on the turn. You can see it. And the first caution of the 24th Annual Southern 500 is out right now. The first caution flag of the afternoon. And this, uh, for many of the drivers, came at a very opportune time. They're going to have to be making those pit stops before too long. And, of course, this gives the pit crews a chance to look at those tires. And coming down pit road right now, Cecil Gordon down pit road. Here also comes James Hilton. Your leader's coming in. Gail Yarborough's in. Bobby Allison in. Charlie Glott back in. Benny Parsons in. David Pearson, Richard Petty, Vandiver. All of the drivers in now for those pit stops. Darrell
Al Waltrip coming in. The right side tires about in every case. It's right side tires all the way up and down the line being changed. Of course, those are the tires that get the wear because the weight of the car is transferred over to that right side as these cars go into the turns. Cale Yarborough gets out first. Cale Yarborough with a very fast pit stop gets out, moves out. Richard Petty uh, coming off the jack. And David Pearson coming out right behind Cale Yarborough. There goes Bobby Allison, then Benny Parsons, then Charlie Glotz back, and then David Sisko. Richard Petty still up on the jacks just in front of us. There goes Darrell Waltrip down. The caution car coming down. Petty's going to get caught in the pits if he doesn't move that car in a hurry. He's coming off the jack, swatting it around, and he dashes off down to the turn, and he just makes it out in front of the caution. That is cutting it pretty close. Close. He just barely got out in front of that caution car. Our Richard Petty would have lost the lap, and Richard running up in the top five. He was back in the number five spot at the time, but he could have very, very easily lost a complete lap in the pits there just a moment ago. Meantime, Cale Yarbrough is back in. They're working on the left side of his car now. Cecil Gordon's back in. Uh, in for the first time, Cuckoo Marlin. Also in the uh, Dodge from Martinsville, Virginia, Buddy Arrington. Buddy Baker's been in. Darrell Waltrip's back in. The pitch. Tails off the jacks and going down. So Junior Johnson has changed all four tires on that car. He's changed all four tires, and he is ready for action now. They topped off the gas tank just a moment ago, so he'll be ready for that green flag when he comes out. This should be very, very interesting because many of these uh, cars and these mechanics will make adjustments on that chassis when they're making these uh, pit stops here early in the race, and of course, uh, they didn't know what the condition would be. As we mentioned a while ago, they were getting signals from David Pearson's pit, trying to find out from Pearson just exactly how his car was handling and what was happening to it. But uh, they've made some adjustments, we're sure. They're also in communication by radio. This whole accident, uh, this caution was caused by a blown engine on Johnny Barnes's car. And let's go back up to Dick Jones, get him to recap a little bit just what happened. Uh, Dick, suppose you go through again what happened up in that third and fourth turn. Okay, Hal, Johnny Barnes was coming into turn three, and about midway, he started to drift sideways. And I glanced back to catch Vandiver coming into the turn, and back around, Barnes was completely around with dumping oil all over the track. Vandiver saw the action, tried to brake. When he did, he lost control of his car, slammed up into the top guardrail. At that time, others started getting a piece of the action. Buddy Baker put his side sideways, and right now they're out putting uh, stay dry, getting it on to try to get this oil dried up. But turn three has really been slick all afternoon. Jeff Vandiver's had his problems since the first lap. He hit the wall on the first lap, and he's just been having his problems with it, and I hope uh, Jeff is able to get back in the race. Now back to the eye. The action is fast and furious on the racetrack. Charging Charlie Glutz back was in front just a moment ago. Bobby Allison caught him up in the third turn, slipped down the inside. Glutz back got caught in traffic. He moved around. The next time around, it was Cale Yarborough's turn. Cale trying to get up there with Bobby Allison in a piece of that number one position. Moved down on the inside. He took Glutz back, and he's in number two spot now. Glutz back being challenged right now by Buddy Baker for the number three spot. So the race goes on. That action is still fast and furious here at Darlington. Action all over the place. And now Glotzbach has moved away from Buddy Baker and trying to catch up with the two front runners, the two Chevrolets, Kill Yarborough from Timmonsville and Bobby Allison. And Allison slipped just a moment ago going into that first turn and Kill Yarborough moved down to the inside of him and Kill Yarborough is leading the Southern 500. 
every... Well, you just bought your eyelashes, Dave, and you got a different leader. Something happening all the time. Mel Larson from uh, Las Vegas, Nevada, behind the wall. He is out, and uh, on the back straightaway in the Thermosol, Team Bath Dodge. And Mel, a very, very fine... Uh, competitor. He won the consolation race here the other day, and he has uh, got a new sponsor, this Thermosol Steam Bath Company, and we're very, very proud of that for Mel, and uh, hope he has a lot of luck. Yeah, he's been racing about 22 years, I think, so he's no stranger to this business. Very definitely not, and racing all around the country. We have a driver that was out a few minutes ago, uh, come out of the race, Tom Gale. We have some action up the fourth turn, a car spinning around, hitting that wall up the fourth turn. The leader's just moving down underneath him. As he moves through that fourth turn, we'll Try to check that number out. It looks like car number Richie Panch, I Richie Panch. Yeah, that's right. Richie Panch having problems up the fourth turn. And Dick Jones, did you see that action start? Did not catch Richie. I was watching one starting to slide coming into three, and I looked around, and Richie was going sideways. And like you say, the leaders just barely missed him. But Richie has drove a beautiful race up to this point. Back to the eye. Several of the cars, the lead cars, just barely missing that car. And David Pearson, in fact, uh, really getting a Darlington stripe right up against that wall. Whether he creased that wall or not, we don't know. He was right up against that wall as he tried to get around Richie Panch as he was spinning up through that third and fourth turn. The second caution of the flag of the afternoon is out right now. The car is coming down pit road. The lead cars, Kale Yarborough's in, Bobby Allison in, David Pearson in, Richard Petty in, all these cars in. So we have the second caution of the afternoon. Let's go down. We've had a driver standing by. Let's go down now to the pit area and John Quackenbush for Tom Gale. John? How these uh, caution flags are suiting these leaders exactly right. Right now we're at the, well, 50 to 60 lap mark here in the Southern 500, and they haven't had to make a pit stop under green yet, so it's suiting them just right. Tommy Gale out of McKeesport, Pennsylvania, in the 71 Mercury, his first race here at Darlington. What happened, Tom? We blew an engine and come out the bottom part of it. Hey, you blew an engine today. You've had your first look at Darlington. What's your impression? Uh, this was actually my second look. Here. We ran here last year, the last race last year, too. We always did like this racetrack. It's a good one. Fine, Tommy. Best of luck in the future to you. All righty. Thank you again. We also have a report that Cecil Gordon, in number 24, was black flagged following the last caution flag. He got a jump on the leaders, and they black flagged him in, and he lost a lap. Also out of the race is Richard Brown out of Claremont, North Carolina, in a 71 Ford, number 44. Richard, what happened? The car wasn't handling. We uh, had set the car up here. We hoped to run all day and had our tires and everything ready, but I went out, and uh, when I was by myself, the car handled real well, but then when I'd get in traffic, I couldn't hold it. It's... Uh, it's real, it's darting all over the racetrack, and I spun off of number three over there a while ago, and I figured, well, it's no place for me. Richard, is the track getting slippery? It's pretty slick out there. When I uh, went into number three and the leaders were starting to pass me, I tried to duck down low and got partially on the apron with the left side wheels, and that's what made me spin. And the track is pretty slick, so uh, my car not handling in traffic, and I figured the best thing I could do is go ahead and park it and get out of the way. Notice that Jim Vandiver has also been having handling problems today. Have you noticed any of the other cars slipping and sliding? Yeah, uh, it seemed like every time uh, I'd go in a turn behind somebody that uh, it looked like they were pretty well, pretty loose. Uh, this is a tricky racetrack to start with, and it seemed like every time that I'd go in a corner behind somebody, it looked like they were going to lose it, you know, unless it just happened to be just in the perfect, uh, in the best groove possible, and it just didn't work out that way every time. But everybody's having a little bit of trouble, it looks like. 
Richard, uh, I'm sure all your fans up in North Carolina, sorry that you're out of the race, but we'll see you in the spring, won't we? Uh, I'll probably be back here at Darlington. Uh, this is, a, like I said, it's a tricky racetrack, but, uh, you know, it's a place that everybody seems like they keep coming back to, and I guess I'll probably be one of those. That's fine. Richard Brown out of Claremont, North Carolina. We're still under the yellow. Outdoor care to home and auto repair. Do it with Craftsman. Find the tools, equipment, and storage you need at your local Lowe's, Ace Hardware, or Craftsman.com. Onto the green now. As the green flag comes out, Gail Yarborough from Timmonsville, South Carolina, out in front. David Pearson right in behind him with Richard Petty in the number three spot. Bobby Allison fourth. And charging Charlie Glutz back in the number five spot. Buddy Baker sixth. That's the way they're running right now. And Gail Yarborough having his hand full of David Pearson as they go into the second turn. Pearson side by side with Gail Yarborough as they go down the back straightaway. Gail Yarborough trying to hold on the lead. David Pearson side by side with him. In the third turn, Pearson slips underneath and goes in front. Pearson out in front with a Mercury. Hill Yarborough back in the number two spot as the other cars continue to try to close up. But Hill Yarborough has that car right on that back bumper of Pearson now as they go down to the first and second turn. He's not happy about that number two spot. He's trying to take it over again. He mows down to the inside. Gets the nose up alongside Pearson. They go down to that third turn looking at it. And he's side by side with Pearson. Pearson goes a little deeper in the turn. He has to back off. Yarborough has to back off. So he falls back into the number two spot. Pearson holding on the lead here at Darlington, South Carolina. Coming up fast in two Chevrolets is Bobby Allison and Glutz back. And they're pounding it out. Meantime, back in the number five spot, Buddy Baker has moved around. Richard Petty to take over the number five spot. Richie Pants, son of famous driver Marvin Pants, came out of the front pits and went into the back pits. He stayed on there just a moment ago. He made repairs uh, to his car, but he went into the pits, down pit road on the back straightaway just a moment ago. We're talking about the action here at Darlington. It's been fast and furious. We've had 13 lead changes so far among five different cars. Pearson has been in the lead, Cale Yarborough, Bobby Allison, Buddy Baker, Charlie Glott's back, and we might have a new leader now as they go down that back straightaway. Allison trying to take over that lead and trying to get around Cale Yarborough. He's in third spot right now, but Cale's in second, and there goes Bobby Allison coming around. Cale Yarborough gets it all down alongside Cale, holding him off as the car comes into that fourth turn, coming down the front straightaway. David Pearson out in front, Cale Yarborough second, and Bobby Allison third. They are right together. Those three cars really glued together. And close in behind them, less than a second behind them is Glutz back and Baker. Those cars are running in the fourth and fifth spot, and Richard Petty is back about two and a half seconds in the number six spot. That's the way your front runners are right now here at Darlington. Up in the front, the battle continues to the number one spot. Pearson, who holds it now, it's a shaky lead because here comes Cale Yarborough. Cale Yarborough, the county commissioner from over in Timmonsville, South Carolina, trying to do as well on the track as he has politically and get out in front. He did it in politics. We had him on a radio show earlier this week, and we asked him in, uh, if he was going to continue in politics. He said if he thought maybe in a few years he might even run for president. I told him he'd have to get competitive for that. He's competitive here today as he's trying to take over that number one spot. He's right in the thick of things, Dave, and the action is fast and furious. 
Now the car's running there. I think we have an 80-lap rundown, and uh, the progress report of the race, and we've got some... Uh, let's let's have, find out just how they're running so far, Dave. Right. Thank you very much, Al. Yes, we are in the middle of what is a real exciting day here in Darlington. 80 laps uh, we have, and now we have 90 laps. I think it'd be better to look at the 90-lap ra- race uh, standings because we have our second caution flag in between, and the 90 will make it a little more realistic to you. Incidentally, at 80 laps, the speed was beginning to pick up before the second caution of the day. 131.5 was the speed at that time. Now it's dropped at the end of 90 laps of racing to 129.2. We've completed 96 out on the track, and your leader is David Pearson. Pearson started off this race in the pole position, led the first seven laps, then dropped back a little bit, and just watched the others fight it out, then took advantage of a caution, and is back out there, beating Cale Yarborough in a 1-2 battle into the lead now at 97 laps. Looking at the 90-lap standings, though, to go back into the field a little bit, Pearson, then Akil Yarbrough, Bobby Allison in third, fourth position is Charlie Glotzbach, fifth position, Buddy Baker, and sixth, Richard Petty, all in the same lap. And Cale Yarbrough has definitely moved around, and we've had another guy moving around, that uh, David Pearson car, the other Chevrolet that's been right up in front most of the afternoon, Bobby Allison, the Coke machine, is running in the number two spot, trying to chase down Cale Yarbrough. As Cale is down that back straightaway, and Cale, by using that traffic and using it very, very wisely, has got himself now about a half-second lead over Bobby Allison. Allison threads his way through the traffic as he goes to the turn. Meantime, David Pearson has his hands full with another Chevrolet. Chevrolet's all over the place. Maybe he's trying to find a spray or something to get rid of them, because they're all over him today, and and it's charging Charlie Glotzbach right in behind the David Pearson car. So that Mercury is being plagued by Chevrolet. Got the Chevrolet fever. And he is just right on the back bumper of Pearson now. Glotzbach in the number five spot. Right in behind Glotzbach is Buddy Baker. And by the way, talking about that Coke machine being up in that number two spot. We want to say hello to a good friend of auto racing and a good friend of ours from down in Atlanta, Georgia, Vic Minert, we're sure, from the Coca-Cola Company, Coca-Cola USA, listening down in uh, Atlanta, Georgia today. Our, our best to you, Vic, and we hope you're feeling real fine real soon. Nothing tremendously serious, but he is in the hospital, we understand, and we hope he's listening today. Your driver doing fine. He's in the number two spot right now. 367 laps makes the race. We've completed 105, and out in front. The kid from Timmonsville, South Carolina, who said he wanted to be a football star all of his life until he came to the first Southern 500 from over in Timmonsville, over to Darlington, to find out what was going on, peeked through a fence and decided, man, I'm going to give up that football and I'm going to get me one of those machines and run. And run he's doing today. Gail Yarborough out in front. And he has, let's see, let's check it this time. As he goes into the third turn, then comes Allison. He is two and three-tenths seconds ahead of Allison right now. So, a dream of a boy from Timmonsville, South Carolina. In fact, I think he drove in his first Southern 500 when he was about 17 years of age. Sure did, Hal. He raced a Pontiac in 1957 in the Southern 500. And as you said, up to that time, he'd raced everything from soapboxes to the jalopies. He jumped out of airplanes, the parachute jumper, football player, you mentioned that. And uh, then, of course, he had that big year in 68, and ever since then, he's become an international racing figure. No doubt about it. He raced in Indianapolis cars. He left the Southern, the, uh, southern Circuit for a while there, raced up north. He says that he's hungry for a win. 
His lovely wife said that they definitely wanted to go into Victory Circle today. She said it's just been too long since she'd been there, and he's headed that way right now. You know, in 1968, Al, he uh, breezed to his uh, first NASCAR championship there in, in as far as leading the way, not necessarily a grand national title, but he won four super speedway events, and that was the first time that uh, driver had won that meaning in a single season. His only checker here in Darlington was in 1968, and he really had to fight to get that one, so he knows how it is to fight here in Darlington and win, and I think that's what he has in mind today. Darrell Waltrip having a lot of problems here at Darlington Raceway. He's coming back off that fourth turn, coming down pit road once again. They've changed tires, Dave, time after time on that car. We don't know what his problem is, but he definitely has it. Meantime, Cale Yarborough is moving along, and he has moved away. We'll try to check it this time to see just how far he is in front of the Bobby Allison car as he comes off of that fourth turn. We'll try to get a time. He's out in front with Bobby Allison in second place, and Allison now is three and two-tenths seconds behind. So, I guess, uh, politically speaking, he's sort of pulling away from him there at the pole. He's right. pulling away from him here. Meantime, uh, other action, as far as these cars are concerned, that second place is definitely not a shoe-in, as far as Bobby Allison's concerned, because he's got David Pearson right on his back bumper, and uh, he's in the number three spot. Then Glotzbach is fourth, Buddy Baker is fifth, Richard Petty sixth. Those cars still in the same lap. We'll get a rundown in just a minute. Al Hamrick along with Dave Rogers and the Darlington Universal Racing Network crew bringing you the action here. The action has been fast and furious all afternoon as we've had lead change after lead change. Right now, though, Junior Johnson has that Chevrolet, uh, well, the Junior Johnson Chevrolet, driven by Cale Yarborough, is out in front and let's check the reaction as far as Junior's concerned. I'm sure it's going to be one of great excitement and uh, jubilation as far as he is concerned. Let's see if we can pick him up along the wall there. He uh, normally, ah, oh yes, there he is, with the right foot planted firmly on the uh, rail. He has the headphones on and uh, just taking life easy as if, uh, you know, he might be at a Sunday afternoon picnic. He always does, though, doesn't he? He, he always yeah. tells me how excited he gets. Yeah. He, you can watch his car go across and get the victory circle, and he'll almost smile. <laughs> That's why they did a movie about him. Oh, now. man, he's quite a character. Dave, I think you have uh, some uh, rundowns there, so let's get yes. him to the bug. Okay, Hal, Bill Champion is in the pits, has been so for three laps. We'll keep you posted on him. If you joined us a little bit late, let's remind you that... Uh, uh, David Pearson from the pole took the lead in this race, the first uh, seven laps, and uh, then we've had all kinds of lead changes. Uh, it was uh, Keo Yarborough for a couple, and then Bobby Allison for 25 laps, and Keo took it back for 17, and uh, then it was uh, Buddy Baker for one lap, David Pearson took it for three, Bobby Allison for six laps. Keo grabbed it back for one. David took it right away from him, but only lasted one lap. It's Charlie Glotzbach in the fourth and moved up into the top spot for eight laps. Then uh, it was Bobby Allison for five. That was between 72 and 76. And then on lap 77, Keo Yarber grabbed it back from Pearson, slipping around him. Charlie Glotzbach held on for one lap. Then it was Keo Yarber for five. And then uh, for 13 laps, Mr. Pearson showed the rest of the field his rear bumper. And then Keo took over on lap 100. And Keo Yarborough is the man looking at the 110 lap standing. The speed has picked up a little bit now. We've had a couple of cautions 
Nation flags out for 15 laps of this 367-lap race. And so far, we've completed 123 on the track. The speed at the end of 110 was 132.2 miles per hour. That's uh, up from last year when it's at this stage of the race. It was 123.6, but down from the record in 1970, and that was the big one. It was 145.2 back in 1970 at 110 laps. Now it's 132.2, and it is Cale Yarborough in the lead in that Car Care Chevrolet, mastered by uh, Junior Johnson. Number two is the Coke Chevrolet of Bobby Allison. Number three is the Purolator Mercury of David Pearson. Number four is Charlie Glotzbach, and Charlie, of course, is driving the Highland Wiper Chevrolet from Georgetown, Tennessee. In fifth position is Buddy Baker, Buddy in the Harry High K&K Insurance Dodge. In sixth spot, Richard Petty in the STV Dodge, and they're all in the same lap at 110 laps. Then, in seventh position, we have Benny Parsons. Benny, car number 72, if you keep up with NASCAR racing, he's from Elderbury, North Carolina, in the DeWitt Enterprises Chevrolet. He's uh, not in the same lap of the leaders, but running in seventh spot. Then Dick Brooks is in eighth position, and ninth spot is Cuckoo Marlin, and in tenth position is Joe Frazan in the Dodge. Right out front is that uh, red and white Chevrolet, red side, the white uh, center portion of the car with the big K&K on the front and rear, and the big number 11 on it in blue, and that's the K, the big uh, car care Chevrolet driven by Cale Yarborough. And it's going down that back straightaway now. He has shown the way around this track. Cale Yarborough from nearby Timmonsville has had the longest lead so far in this Southern 500. And it's been quite a number of years since he visited that victory circle, and Cale definitely wants to get back in there again. Let's see how far he is out in front of Bobby Allison now. Allison, meantime, uh, still has his problems from David Pearson, but he is five and a half seconds behind. Five and a half seconds behind, so the Junior Johnson Chevrolet is really moving. Meantime, in the pits, we have some action there. Car number four is in the pits. That's... Uh, the Ed Negri car, that car was supposed to have been started. It was qualified by John Sears. Ed Negri started the car. Quite possibly John has got in the meantime. They're over there working on that car. Let's check and see if uh, John's not in the car. He's around working on it. And we don't see him. Quite possibly John got into that car. We have a lot of cars, a lot of drivers moving in out of these cars because of the point setup in that car. And they're wanting to get the uh, points for one driver or another. Very interesting watching these cars come down this front of straightaway as some of the guys move all the way over onto almost the apron portion of this front straightaway to move around the other cars and move along the way. Man, oh man, racing all the way around Southern style and Charlie Glotzbach and Buddy Baker having it out down that back straightaway. They're racing for the number four position and Buddy Baker's moved down the inside, taking over the number four spot from charging Charlie Glotzbach who drops back to the number five spot. So, you have a Chevrolet out in front, a Chevrolet second, a Mercury is in the third spot, a Dodge is fourth, a Chevrolet fifth, and a Dodge is sixth. And Cale Yarborough this year has been out in front more than any other driver. There's been a total of 7,185 laps run in competition going into the Southern 500, and Cale Yarborough has led 2,157. He is definitely adding to that today. There's been, uh, so far, 23 different drivers have led Grand National races in the 21 races so far. And, uh, well, it's been quite a year as far as the Grand National Division of NASCAR is concerned with Bobby Allison, Donnie Allison, and Baker and all these guys right in the thick of things. But, uh, of course, the 
most of the victories in the big speedways, anyhow, going to the guy from up in Spartanburg, South Carolina, Mr. Cool, the old gray fox, David Pearson. Richard Petty in the pits, Al. Richard Petty in. He's getting right side tires. It's about due for a pit stop, I would think. Uh, Dick Brooks is also in the pit. Dick run down at Talladega a couple of weeks ago. And and uh, they're changing right side tires. They have Richard Petty ready to go. And he moves back down pit road. He had himself a very fine pit stop that time. 17 and 2 ten seconds. 17.2 for Richard Petty, the crew working on that car. Dale Inman and the crew getting him in and out and ready to go. So Richard Petty back in the thick of things. Of course, he lost some time on the track, but the other cars will be making those pit stops. We see the Wood Brothers getting everything ready for a pit stop for David Pearson. The board is going out to uh, Bobby Allison. We should have some other pit stops here very shortly. Petty this year seems to have had to make his pit stops a little earlier than most of the other cars, probably because of gas consumption and possibly the way that car is set up. I think Petty's running the wedge engine here today. So he's using a little bit more gasoline. Uh, but uh, he's back in the thick of the action. And Buddy Baker was in just a moment ago for 18 and 9, 10 seconds. Here comes car number 12, Bobby Allison into the pit. The Allison crew immediately going to work on that car, changing right side tires. Of course, during these cautions earlier, we had change of both side tires. Cale Yarborough coming off the fourth turn, and of course, he's going to get a full lap ahead of Allison right now as he moves by him down the front straightaway. Allison's car still up on the jack, and he was in there for 17.6, 17.6 seconds. A pit stop for Bobby Allison, and Allison is back in the thick of things, but he has lost a lap to the leaders, and of course, this always happens. Here comes David Pearson in. David Pearson into the pits. They're changing uh, right side tires on the Pearson car, and that Wood Brother crew absolutely is fantastic how they work on a car. We've got the clocks on him. They've changed the right front, got it ready to go, filled it up with gasoline. A little trouble on the left rear. They finally get it squared away, and he moves off. Here comes the leader, Cale Yarborough, coming down for a pit stop now. 17.92. on David Pearson for that pit stop. Your leader is in the pits, and the Junior Johnson crew goes to work on the Cale Yarborough car. As the other cars now make up that time and make up the lap that they were behind, a fast pit stop for Cale Yarborough as he comes off of the jacks in 18.7. 18.7 for Cale Yarborough. So those pit stops very, very close as the cars move back off and back onto the racetrack. Cale Yarborough out on the track, and we'll check the uh, other cars as they move down toward him. David Pearson coming down. Here comes Glotzbach off the fourth turn. Glotzbach coming in for a pit stop now. Cale Yarborough went up that back straightaway. I believe he held on to that lead. Let's check it as he goes up that back straightaway. He's still getting up speed as he goes through the fourth turn. Yes, Cale holds on to the number one spot. Bobby Allison still in the number two spot. David Pearson back in number three spot. And Richard Petty in the number four spot right now as Glotzbach is in the pits. One of the crew members going through the uh, right window of that car. Well, they were checking on something for him. Possibly uh, putting some more ice in the water jug. I don't know what. Buddy Arrington couldn't get his car fired. The crew pushing it down pit road. They can't get it started. They moved him over to the left. They're having to stop, and they're going to have to push him back up pit road to get him started. Evidently, he wouldn't fire, so they're pushing him back up. Now they're pushing him on down 
the way and trying to get that car number 67 started. I don't believe he fired. That's the Buddy Arrington car, and uh, if he doesn't, well, he's moving a little bit now, quite possibly almost under fire. But if he doesn't, he is going to be in a very precarious position there as he is now he catches fire and moves it out very slowly. That's a very costly pit stop when you make a pit stop like that and you have to wait so long to catch fire and uh, finally get it going. I don't know whether he lost, possibly lost a gear, too. Nope, now he's moving all right. Buddy Arrington from Martinsville, Virginia, who has now got his car under power and is back on the racetrack. So let's check those uh, lead cars for you and check the time interval between the leaders. Cale Yarborough still out in front as he comes through that fourth turn. Joe Frasson coming in for a pit stop now. We'll check Cale this time as he comes down across that start and finish line and see just how he uh, stacks up against Allison. We gave you the times as far as their time in the pit, but of course uh, the slowing down and speeding up makes some difference too. And now Cale Yarborough has a six-second lead, a six-second lead over the uh, second-place car, Bobby Allison. So Allison lost just a little bit of ground, but not very much. Well, one of the leaders of our race, and definitely one of the greatest drivers to ever come down, is charging Charlie Glotz back from up in Georgetown, Indiana. The crew has that car back behind the wall, and in fact, he's headed for the garage area. So we've got one of the real fine drivers going out of it for the day. And we're very sorry to see that. Charging Charlie Glutz back out of it as he goes in the garage area. We hope to get him on very shortly with Ned and uh, John Quackenbush to find out just what happened. Clifton Cuckoo Marlin and the Cunningham Kelly Charvelet gets a change of right side tires. He spins the wheels and pulls it away. Back into the action. Let's go over to find out from Ned Jarrett just what happened to that uh, Glotzbach car just a while ago. Ned, come in. Now the rear end kept heating up in the car. They were sickening back and forth to Glotzbach for the last uh, 40 or 50 laps. And he was indicating that he was getting a smell of hot grease from the rear end. And finally it got so hot that he knew they were not going to be able to finish the race. So he pulled the car out of the race. I talked with Paul Ellington, and he says that they do not plan to change the rear end. He believes that they are out of the race this afternoon. And what would cause something like this? I'm sorry, John, I didn't get one. I said, what would cause something like this? Cause the rear end to burn up? Well, normally when they overheat, particularly on a super speedway like Darlington, they fan that they circulate this grease through another area and run a, a fan over it to cool it off. And most of the time the fan would quit operating, which would cause it to overheat. Ned, we're not uh, halfway through the race yet. And as we look out here at the front straightaway, it looks like that new asphalt is getting extremely slick. Well, of course, it was pretty slick before they started, John. Of course, the sun uh, bearing down on it here caused the asphalt to bleed a little bit. And it is slick, but I've been noticing the drivers here driving extremely careful. And most of the cars are set up very well here this afternoon. Going to this is a tough racetrack and a tough race to run. They are uh, approaching it very cautiously and doing a real fine job of it. Fine, let's go back to the eye in the sky. Dale Yarbrough is a gentleman who has a mission for himself this afternoon to win the 24th Annual Southern 500. And he's on his way right now, running that car very smoothly, very nicely through these turns, moving it down this, uh, out of the fourth turn now. And as a matter of fact, the fifth-place car is within sight. 
He has Buddy Baker within his sights. Buddy Baker about a half straight away in front of him. And he likes that much being a complete lap ahead of Buddy Baker. So Cale Yarbrough has things going his way. We'll try to check this time to see just how far he is in front of the second place driver, which is Bobby Allison from Hueytown, Alabama in another Chevrolet. And now he is only five seconds. So Allison has gained about a second, a little better than a second. And of course, as we saw last year, when Allison and Pearson went down to the wire in a battle here at Darlington, Allison knows his way around the Darlington Raceway. He has back-to-back victories, and he definitely knows his way. And so we'll see what happens during the next little while. The action unfolds, and anything can happen at Darlington, and it usually does. Meantime, Darrell Waltrip back in the pits. He has had just too many pit stops for this afternoon. And Elmo Langley having some problems, too, with his cars. He goes slowly through the second turn, heading for the pits on the back straightaway. Dave, I think you have another rundown for us. Right, it's certainly do, Hal. And let's look at the uh, speed, first of all. We talk about, the, as Ned did, uh, the driver's driving cautiously out there, but the speed is beginning to pick up once again. We've had a couple of cautions out for 15 laps today. 135.3 at, uh, at the end of 140 laps, and now at the end of 150, it's 135.0. So there you can see a little bit of a difference, three-tenths. And uh, looking at the leaders, for those of you who joined us a little bit late, and we look down below and we see that uh, Cuckoo Marlin is in for a pit stop. He's getting the rubber on the right side. David Pearson for the pole, led for the first seven laps, then uh, Yarborough for two, then Allison for 25, then Yarborough for 17, Buddy Baker for one. This was David Pearson for three, Bobby Allison for six, and then it was Keon uh, Yarborough for one, and Pearson for one. Then uh, it was Charlie Gotsback for eight, followed by uh, Allison for five laps. Then it was Yarborough for four, and Gotsback for one. And then again, it was Keon Yarborough leading the way for five laps. Then uh, David Pearson for 13, and then at 100 laps, Keon Yarborough took over and led for 48 laps. Then uh, Charlie Glotzbeck led from uh, 149 to 50, and at 150 laps, uh, Keogh took it back. We're 166 out on the track right now, and it is Keogh Yarborough in the number one spot. Number two is being held out by David Pearson. In the number three position, Bobby Allison. Four is Richard Petty, and five is Buddy Baker. We notice that Elmo Langley is behind the pit wall. Four cars behind the wall on the back pit now. Langley had a blown head gasket. Bill Champion has the relief drive. We haven't been able to find out who he is, but the champion car is out there. Looking at some of the cars that are behind the pit wall, we'll uh, run through them very quickly because I know from all over the country you're interested in your favorites, whether they be up in the front or not. Richard Brown and the Chevrolet is behind the pit wall, out of the action right now anyway. We have to qualify that statement. Tom Gale and the Mercury is behind the wall. Vic Parsons is the board behind. G.C. Spencer is out of it. G.C. was in the Dodge. Lenny Pond and a Chevrolet. We may hear from Lenny a little bit later on. And uh, then we have Elmo Langley behind the pit wall. Charlie Glotz back and a Chevrolet had his rough moments. John, and he's back there. Johnny Barnes and a Mercury. Incidentally, Glotz back at a, a rear end problem. Richard Childress and a Chevrolet is behind the pit wall. And Richie Panch has had to call it quits. And speaking of Richie, let's go to Ned Jerry. Okay, we're here with Richie Pant from Daytona Beach, Florida. Here, the youngest driver in the race. And Richie, you were doing a fine job, but what happened? Well, thank you. Uh, during the first caution flag, what caused it to come out? There's Oral and three and four, and Cecil Gordon and Jim Van Diver and I both hit it. All three of us hit it. And 
They knocked my toe in and I was having to use the throttle to more or less steer the car. And I went to get back on it and a resistor wire fell off of the resistor and I, uh, they killed the engine. And when I was relying on the power to keep me going straight, I didn't have any and that was all, all it was. And if you don't have that power, you're really in trouble then. Yes, sir. You raced here in the Rebel race back in the spring and did a fine job after getting into some trouble and coming back and, and finishing uh, pretty good in the race. How do you find the track out there at this type of competition in your young career? Well, I feel a lot better about the track this time than I was last time. I was unsure of myself. Now, I'm gaining a little more confidence, but I need a lot more experience. And I, I really liked it out there today. Uh, Dave Ricky Fash is running, of course, in the late model sportsman division of NASCAR and has been racing up at Hickory Speedway quite a bit this year and won his first race a couple of weeks ago. And I know the fans will be wondering what Ricky has in the plans for the future. Ricky, what are your plans as far as uh, stock car racing is concerned? Well, we'll probably run for Rookie of the Year next year and just run as many sportsman races as we can. Well, we appreciate you coming by. We're sorry you're out of this race, but better luck the next time. Thank you very much. Okay, and now back to the eye in the sky. Ned, it is great to hear from a young driver with a driving ambition like that, Richie Patch. Pearson now has moved around Bobby Allison to take over the number two spot, and he is seven and a half seconds behind. Seven and a half seconds behind the second place car, behind the first place car, with the car number 11 of Cale Yarborough out in front. David Pearson in the Mercury is running in second spot. A Chevrolet third with Bobby Allison. Then in the number four spot is a Dodge with Richard Petty. In fifth spot is another Dodge, this one being the Buddy Baker car. Al, I have some information here very briefly. I noticed that Bud Moore hit the wall on the fourth turn, and now we understand that uh, Moore's car is behind the pit wall. Walter Ballard has a relief driver. We'll find out who he happens to be. D.K. Ulrich has been helped out of the car stumbling. Ray Manning relieved him, and that's in car number... 40. Okay. Well, let's uh, check with them over in the pits. I believe we have some information uh, over in the pits right now, uh, Dave. And uh, let's go over to John Quackenbush. John? Okay, here on standing beside me, a former Western here at Darlington and now a member of the Goodyear Racing Team, Darrell Derringer. And everybody says that tires would be a factor today on this newly resurfaced track. Darrell, has tires been a factor? Yes, everything's been real good today, John. We thought with the temperatures like were, we might possibly have some problems, but up to now there's no problems at all. The, the speed has been great. In fact, they've only fell off just a very little of what they qualified, so I think the uh, tire situation is real great. Have they had to change the tire compounds early in the race? No, they run the same tires they started with, and they wear, they wear off about 2.30 seconds in a gas stop. Would you expect, Darrell, that now that we're well past the halfway mark in today's race and the track is getting slicker all the time, that uh, some changes or some problems might develop in the last, say, third of the race? Well, I don't know, John. It looks like it's going to, uh, the same pace going to be big as, uh, big as far as it has been. Because right now they're running real close to what they qualified, even in traffic. So I don't think it's going to be much different. From a driver's point of view, Darrell, you were a driver for many years. Cal Yarbrough is out in front now. Do you think that Pearson and Allison are just laying back, waiting to make their move? Well, I don't know. It's hard to tell because these, these drivers are pretty cagey nowadays. And you know how Pearson is, and the same way with Allison. They have, they have radios in their cars, and they're listening to the pit crew to see what they tell them to do. 
Fine, Darrell. Always good to see you. Thank you, John. Darrell Derringer in the front pits, and now back to the eye in the sky. And here at the eye in the sky, we remind you that Cale Yarborough is uh, shooting for his first win in Darlington since 1968 and his first super speedway victory since the American 500 in 1970. He's won two races, as Hal pointed out, in Tennessee this year at Nashville and over at Bristol. And in 21 starts, uh, along with those two wins, he's been in the top five ten times, in the top ten 13. He's over $88,000 and would like to pick up over 18000 that goes to the winner here today in uh, the portion of $138,000 in posted awards. As uh, the drivers will be dividing it up in the uh, Southern 500 victory circle after it's all over. As uh, we take a look, though, at the standings, we have some interesting things to point out. We're going to be getting to those. Uh, the 190 lap standings reveal that Gail uh, Yarborough's lead is uh, very impressive. David Pearson sitting back there in second spot, a tremendously dangerous threat. In third position, Bobby Allison, and in fourth spot, Richard Petty. All of those running in the same lap, their speed, 137.4 miles per hour. Now, the record, and we understand this was a 1969 record at this stage of the race, 190 laps, was 140.3. So they're just about three miles an hour off the record pace. Richard Petty was in and out for a pit stop. Looking at the fifth position, Buddy Baker is uh, not in the same lap, but running fifth. And three laps back is uh, Benny Parsons in seventh position. Dick Brooks, he's four laps away and five laps more. In eighth position, Joe Frisson, ninth position, Cuckoo Marlin, and tenth place, Darrell Waltrip. Cale Yarborough has been leading since the 150th lap. It's 212 laps out on the board now in a 367-lap Southern 500, the 24th edition from fine Darlington, South Carolina. Fine day for racing. It's hot, but it's sunny, thank goodness, and there is a little bit of a haze up there. It gives us somewhat of a break, not enough to, to mean anything to the drivers, though. There have been 17 lead changes. We've had two cautions for 15 laps, and here comes Bobby Allison into the pit. Al? Bobby Allison getting left side tires this time on that Coke machine. Left side tires. Of course, a tank of gasoline. Cecil Gordon also in. And boy, Cecil's showing the Darlington stripes on that right side. They say this is the mark of a driver who is striving for the front when he can get those Darlington stripes. And he definitely has them. Allison out of the pits now. He's gone in 18.2 uh, tenths seconds. Boy, the action's been fast and furious, and it's not been dependent as much on the pit stops today at, up to this point as far as the race is concerned as it has in the past. And, of course, when we get down to the wire, that, uh, those final pit stops, of course, can make all the difference in the world. Cecil Gordon having problems with his car, having problems with that uh, left front, and finally Lee, his brother, Lee Garden getting him set and ready to go back into the action. Buddy Arrington coming down pit road now. Buddy making a pit stop. David Pearson seems to be coming in on his next lap around. Here comes Cale Yarborough, the leader. Cale Yarborough coming in for a pit stop. We've got the clocks on Cale Yarborough now, and we'll check the Junior Johnson crew, and we'll also check in just a moment the uh, Whippers to see how they fast they get David Pearson in and out of the pits. This, of course, could be very important if you lose a second or two right here. It's hard to make up on that racetrack. Darrell Waltrip coming back into the pits. They've changed right side tires on the Cale uh, Yarborough car. They have him going back down pit road. They filled it up with gasoline, of course. 17.5 on Cale Yarborough. His pit stop, so his pit stop just a shade faster than that of Bobby Allison. And once again, 
The Buddy Arrington crew having to push Buddy Arrington's car down pit road to get it started. Arrington working feverishly in there, trying to get the car up in gear. He finally does, gets it uh, fired, and he's moving once again very, very slowly down pit road. We haven't heard from the guys around the uh, turns in the past few minutes. Let's uh, cue them in around there and find out what's been happening for the last uh, little while. And if that track indeed, as Charlie Glotzbach told us a while ago, is not slick now and it's just working real fine for everyone. Let's check first down in that first and second turn and see what's happening down there and uh, see if uh, Paul Suxton is standing by. Paul, can you give us a report from the accident in the first and second turn? Now I'd have to say this has been one of the quietest Southern 500 in the first and second turn that we've ever seen. For a while we thought the drivers were just playing it cozy through here until we put the watch on them and we noticed that the that back straightaway, of course, that's the point, as we mentioned a while ago, that they get the speed and uh, make that little extra move that they want to make one. How they've been moving down that back straightaway over there, Earl Kelly? Well, just a moment ago, we were about to have some excitement as David Fisco in turn number 05, as he came out of turn number two, the engine seemed to let go, a lot of smoke came from that car, he pulled it down on the inside and safely into the pit. We have several cars on the backside which are out of the race. And this includes Dick May in turn number 29. A little while ago, they came in and stopped for some 45 minutes, put a rear end under that car, returned him to the race. He stayed out there about 20 laps and then came in and retired car number 29. The other cars out of the race on the back stretch include Vic Parsons in car number 45, Richie Pants in car number 98, whom you heard from a little while ago, Elmo Langley in car number 64, and Little Bud Moore from Charleston, South Carolina in car number 90, a car that has collided with the wall on several occasions this afternoon. We've had several relief drivers over here, the latest of which was D.K. Ulrich, who had to be helped out of car number 45, or rather car number 40. He stumbled into the pit, and they gave him some oxygen, and we see he's back out against the pit wall over there now. He's okay, but he does have relief. That's about it for the backside for now. Back to the eye. Just Cluck, the leader, Cale Yarborough, at 32.9, 149.471 miles per hour. So Darrell uh, Derringer, a while ago giving that information just right, they're running right now just about as fast as they qualified and in competition and with uh, over half the race in the book. That's just not bad, brother. Better than 149 miles an hour. So I guess if you have that little extra speed out there on the speedway, you don't have to worry too much about those pit stops. And he seems to have it this afternoon. We were checking around the track to find out the condition of the track and what's been happening around. And, uh, of course, the spot where the action has definitely been happening here this afternoon, up in that third and fourth turn, with all the oil and the slick spots and everything else, is the spot where Dick Jones is reporting. Let's go over and uh, listen to Dick right now and find out what's happening up in that third and fourth turn. Dick? Now, right now, absolutely nothing is happening. They're keeping it real quiet. The cars are handling real good coming into turn three. The slick is gone, and none of the drivers are having any problems. They seem to be just settling down now to try to last the 500 miles, play less chase Kale, and see who can collect the money. Back to the guy. Well, he's the man to, uh, to chase, no question about that. He hadn't uh, started spending that money by any stretch of the imagination, but... 
He is the man to catch. We'll check right now to see just how far he is in front of that second-place car. That pit stop a while ago cut a nine-second lead down to a six-second. Let's see what it is right now. And now he definitely is gaining. He's gaining some of that time back. He's back to 6.8 now. 6.8 seconds out in front of second place David Pearson. Pearson is losing ground to Cale Yarborough now. He is just about a straightaway as they go down that back straightaway. Cale going through that third and fourth turn. Into the fourth turn now as Pearson dives into the second turn. Al, it looks as though uh, Cale has won about a, uh, has led about 156 of the 230 laps so far. He's really going along. He's definitely the man to beat, and he has done a fine job. We see Lenny Pond now being uh, grabbed by someone to go down, and it quite possibly will have Lenny Pond going in as a relief driver. We'll check in just a moment. He's coming over to... Uh, some pitch here on the front. And let's see. Possibly uh, Ned Jarrett or John Quackenbush could check down here. He is about three pits down below you toward the first turn. And uh, Lenny Pond is here getting ready to go in relief for some driver. Possibly you can come down here and find out. And Lenny is standing by there now. He's down talking to Maurice Petty, actually. I don't know whether it means... Quite possibly, Lenny Pond will be going in for Richard Petty. He's coming over into the Petty pits, and he was talking just a moment ago to Maurice Petty. Ned Jarrett has been down to the uh, Petty pits. We should have a report from him very shortly. Meantime, Darrell Waltrip has been in for a pit stop. Also, well, Cuckoo Marlin coming in right now. Here comes Benny Parsons in for a pit stop. Lenny Pond has definitely helmeted up, and he might be ready to go into a car. Uh, Ned's sitting by down there. Let's uh, get with Ned right now and find out just what uh, is going on. Ned, did you find out anything down from uh, Lenny Pond or from the Petty crew? Yes, they do plan for Pond to go in on his next pit stop. They say that Richard has just given out the heat out here today, but the car not handling quite as good as he would like for it to. has uh, just worn him out, so he feels that a fresh driver in the car would be able to out there right now. We will have a relief driver for Richard Petty then in just a moment. We will have a relief driver. Let's go now down to the first and second turn in Paul Sexton. Paul? Well, I can't imagine the significance of it, but uh, as I sit here at one and two and look right into the window of the driver, I've noticed lately that about every third lap around, the only driver that seems to really be fighting that steering wheel is Richard Petty. And he does coming into number one. He's fighting his steering wheel back and forth. Everybody else is just hanging in tight and making a big turn. Back to the eye. Richard Petty having uh, some handling problems with that car, and he will be coming out. Lenny Pond is suited up, ready to go, and helmeted up, so he's ready to jump in that car at any time. We saw him coming down through the pits with one of the crew members, and they seem to be in a bit of a hurry to get down there, and we thought possibly he was going to uh, going relief for someone. We did not see one of the Petty outfits. Now the Petty crew getting ready for a pit stop, and Richard Petty should be coming in this time. He drops down as he comes out of that fourth turn. Richard, one lap down in the number four spot. He's coming off that fourth turn now, and Lenny Pond should be ready. He is. He's up uh, on his feet now, ready to get into that car as he comes down, as Richard Petty's car comes down. And makes a stop. 
Richard Petty will be getting out of that car. Dale Inman immediately taking the screen off the side. There's a screen that they put up over the driver to hold the driver in there in case uh, anything happens. Richard Petty coming out of the car now, and Lenny Pond getting in the car. Quite a bit of difference in height between these two guys, so Lenny's going to have a little bit of a problem, possibly uh, making some adjustments as far as that seat's concerned. These seats are, well, they're custom-made, really, for these drivers. They fit every nook and cranny of their body, and uh, just so it's absolutely comfortable for the driver himself, and that seat is custom-made. It also has a rib cage or a rib cover we should say covering the rib cage that comes under the right side it comes under and the driver actually slides into that uh, cover of the rib cage and then the arm going on the outside of that then of course he is uh, belted very tightly into that seat and uh, it gives him plenty of protection they're having problems of course adjusting those straps one of the crew members inside car working on the straps for Lenny Pond and change from uh, Lenny. Well, let's uh, get the statistics. Richard Petty, well over six feet tall. Lenny, I'd say about five. Oh, I don't even believe we have him in the uh, in the book as far as uh, his statistics are concerned. Let's uh, check on Petty. Petty is well over six feet tall. I'm quite sure. Richard Lee Petty, six foot two, and uh, we'll check on the... Six two, 195 pounds, I know. Right, there. and we'll check on Lenny Ponds. Quite a bit of difference. Richard Petty out, and they have brought some oxygen over for Richard Petty, so he should be refreshed and ready to go again in just a few minutes. Of course, this is always a precautionary measure when these guys get out of a car. As uh, was mentioned earlier about one of the other drivers over on the back straightaway, they give him uh, some oxygen, and this, of course, revives him after a hot afternoon fighting uh, 3,850 pounds of automobile. That's uh, a very needed respite, I'm quite sure, Dave, after all of that. Uh, getting a little oxygen, he looks like he's okay, having uh, a soft drink and some ice on his uh, the back of his neck. It's definitely going to make a difference. Maybe we can get uh, Ned Jarrett to talk just a little bit about and he's been in one of these race cars. He knows how the seat configuration is. And uh, Ned, uh, Richard, six foot two. What would you say, Lenny Pond? About five uh, eight or five nine, something like that. And what about the difference in as far as that seat's concerned, and what uh, he has facing him right now? Well, I would say that Lenny is about five eight or five nine. Of course, Richard being well over six feet, it does make a difference. And of course, being comfortable in one of these race cars makes the difference in how well you do out on the racetrack. Of course, the fact that Lenny is fresh right now, he'll be able to adjust himself in there, and I'm sure that he'll be driving very carefully for a number of laps. But as you well know, these uh, seats are really fitted to the driver, just like the astronauts are fitted into the capsule. And uh, when a driver of a different size gets in, it's pretty tough on him. There's no doubt about it. But uh, when a driver gets tired, as Richard Petty did, having to fight it out here as much as he did this afternoon, well, he knows that even if someone else has to back off a little more going into the turn because of the fact that he's not uh, fitted quite as well in the seat, he knows that he's probably a lot safer than he would be out there driving uh, with, it, with himself being real tired.
I'm sure it's a great thrill as far as Lenny Pond is concerned to get in a, a car like this, uh, car number 43. Wouldn't you think so, Ned? Very definitely. Of course, Lenny has been uh, one of the top competitors all year in his own Chevrolet, but having a car like the Pettis, a winning car over the years, it has to be a real treat for him. And you know, it might be an opportunity for him to learn something out there, too, because uh, every team and every driver requires a car to be set up a little bit different, and so it could be a, a proving ground in many different ways for Lenny Pond. Well, I'm sure he can uh, possibly try to find out a few of the uh, secrets of the Petty Clan, and we just get the information from our together important statistics for us, and Lenny Pond is five foot six and a half inches tall, weighs 150 pounds, and uh, that's quite a difference between him and Richard Petty. Yes, it is quite a difference. There's no doubt about it. In fact, that was one reason I guess they had so much trouble getting uh, him adjusted in the car because uh, every belt in the car had to be adjusted to fit Lenny. And, you know, he might uh, have a little bit of a problem seeing over the steering wheel, but I'm sure that he'll adjust to that, too. Well, he's running right now through that uh, third and fourth turn. We'll keep our eye on Lenny Pond in the Richard Petty car. Meantime, we've had uh, David Sisko in Dick Brooks's car. Relief for Brooks. Brooks is up uh, in his pit standing there. Uh, getting a little relief now as uh, David Sisko has taken over for him. Richard Petty uh, seems to be okay. They're uh, putting some more ice packs to him, and he's okay. Darlington, South Carolina, 252 laps have completed. Out on the track, 367 lap race it is. The 1973 Southern 500 from Darlington International Raceway. And Cale Yarbrough, a man who hasn't seen victory in a super speedway event since 1970. It was up at the North Carolina Motor Speedway in the American 500 that he turned the trick. He's been racing diligently this year. He's had some fine showings. He is a way up in the standings. Cale is fourth in the overall Grand National standings and has won over $88,000, has two races on the smaller tracks, and he's trying to really get his big win here this day. Dick Brooks is in uh, with uh, John Quackenbush, and so let's sit down and uh, check with John right now. Okay, Dave, the pits is Dick Brooks. David Sisko just jumped in his automobile, number 61, his 73 Chevrolet. Dick, you say it's hot out there, buddy. It wasn't so hot. It's awful hot out there, all right, but uh, this morning we put a, a helmet on with uh, that had a had a radio in it, and it was too small for me. You about pushed the top of my head off, so that was the main reason. Dick, how was the car handling today? You said earlier last week that you didn't think you could win in the car, but you did think you could finish in the top five. How was it doing? Well, it was doing very good. We started about 23rd, and I think we were about 7th. I think there's a caution flag out. All right, let's go back to the eye in the sky. And here the eye, we understand Earl Kelly may have the message on it. Earl, the caution is out. Yes, it is. The caution flag just came out. Jim Vandiver, car number 31, at the end of the backstretch, almost into turn number one. He spun the car. The car is resting on the racetrack itself with the front of the car right at the edge of the racetrack on the grass. And uh, Jim Vandiver has gotten out of the car and is walking around the racetrack and uh, motioning for the drivers to stay up above that car. We assume that the record will come out momentarily as Vandiver walks around the racetrack with car number 31 sitting down in the third turn. Back to the eye. Here in the eye, we see David Pearson has come in. We have Kim Yarbrough in and out of the pits. He's ahead of uh, Pearson. Yarbrough beats him out of the uh, pit area. So Jim Vandiver having his problems now, sitting out there idle, and the caution is out the third one for the day here at Darlington at 255th lap. 
And the speed, this may do something at record speed. Hal, it was 138.7 at the end of 240 laps, and that was a record based on the uh, record performance in the Rebel 500, or 400 it actually was. It dates back to 1969. 137.0 it was at that stage. So you can see what this caution may do to that, and they have to work back up to it again, if at all. And it's Cecil Gordon in and out of the pit area. Some of the others are going to be taking advantage of this caution flag now. The temperature is 94 degrees behind. This is the temperature around the Darlington Raceway, not necessarily what is going on out on that track where these cars are pounding into that asphalt for all she's worth. Vanderbilt has jumped over the wall, we understand, on three. Let's get uh, the report from Dick Jones. Dick? Dave, we looked down into turn three, and Jim was walking towards us on the inside, and all at once he looked back to see if there was any traffic coming, and seeing the track was clear, he just ran up, went over the top of the wall, Turned around, waved at a couple of people, and went down the bank on the other side. Evidently, Jim has a car parked outside or something, and uh, he just decided he was going to go on home. So that's all I can tell you from three and four. Back to the guy. All right, Bobby Allison in and out of the pit area. Richard Petty got rubber on the right side, and he was out. Allison on the uh, left side, and uh, they're back out in the racing wars, and uh, 72 is in. and He's running a good race. Benny Parsons. And then uh, number 14 rolls into the pit area. Cuckoo Marlin, 48. And that is uh, James Hilton, uh, the man with the reputation of being one of the finest independents. Cale Yarborough once again moves into the pit area. As David Pearson continues to dog Cale Yarborough, Cale, of course, knows that this uh, happens from time to time. He also knows that, uh, well, at any time that... Pearson might put on that little extra spin. He possibly could have been holding back a little bit. Then on the other hand, of course, he has the advantage. He is the front man. David Pearson gives him a little test. Down in the first turn, he moves down on the inside. Kale holding him off. Pearson is going just a little bit deeper in these turns as than is Kale Yarborough. So consequently, as they go into the turn, he moves up on him a little bit. Then Kale gets on the gas a little bit faster, and he comes out a little bit faster. So that's the way it goes as they rock back and forth on the straightaways. Well, it's about even right now. It's about even as they move on the straightaways. So the power about the same. One car going a little deeper into a turn. The other car coming out a little bit faster. So they're pretty even all the way around. However, earlier we did see Cale Yarborough move away from David Pearson, and as Ned mentioned, that might have been strategy at the time as far as the Wood Brothers were concerned and David Pearson to sort of let this happen. Pearson has had a way of just happening to be around the right place at the right time at the end of the race, though. We had some action over the first and second turn to Paul Flexen. Well, right after that last caution flag, it appeared that all these drivers were throwing caution to the wind as if there were only 10 laps left. And it was Walter Ballard in car number 30 who just lost it as he went into the second turn. He spun around, and he's back down, straightened up now, but stopped on the apron down below. He's okay, back to the eye in the sky. Walter Ballard's car is sitting at the second turn. The caution is out, the fourth of the afternoon. We had had 22 laps under caution until this one came out. And Dave, we're going to have that speed going down a little bit more. So we definitely will not be going for a record here at the Southern 500 today. The fourth caution of the afternoon is out. We'll have another rash of pit stops. And here they come, just as we said that. Three or four cars come roaring down out of that fourth turn, down onto the uh, front straightaway into the pit area. Let's see this time. Uh-oh. The Wood Brothers... Evidently getting the word from Pearson that he needed a little uh, change in the chassis or under the hood of that car. They're under the hood of the Pearson car. They've changed something around there. Let's see. We don't know what. 
Uh, but they definitely changed the chassis setup on the Pearson car, and this could make a difference. The uh, Lenny Pond is out of the car. Richard Petty going back in his car. Richard Petty now going back in that car number 43, and they're going to have to do some readjustments now on the straps to get him back into the car, as they did the other way, uh, getting Lenny Pond into the car. Lenny Pond, uh, definitely okay, and uh, he just, uh, after Petty got his wind and got ready, he's back in that car number 43 now. They are adjusting the uh, seat belts and getting him ready to go once again. They brought the Jim Vandenberg car back into the garage area here just a few minutes ago. Meantime, we have Cuckoo Marlin in the pits. Also, they're changing the wedge a little bit on the uh, Benny Parsons car. They're under the hood of that car. They added oil and uh, changed the weight distribution in the David Pearson car a while ago, as we mentioned. And so they'll be ready to go. While this caution is out, let's uh, get Ned uh, Jarrett to talk a little bit to Ed Negree and also to discuss a little bit about that, Ned, about that change, uh, chassis change on that Pearson car. It looked like they were doing a little changing there on that left front of the car was the side they were working on. What were they doing, Ned? Well, it looked like as if they were taking weight out of it, or to use a racing term, taking wedge out of it, because uh, if they work on the left front of the car, they can only screw the... Uh, adjusting bolt down, which that takes uh, weight off the left front and puts it, or excuse me, puts weight on the left front and takes it off the right rear. So that means that the car might have been pushing a little bit with him, and he wanted to get the back end a little bit looser. They also added oil to the car while he was in, as they did to Benny Parsons' car when he made this pit stop. Meanwhile, we have his degree alongside us here from Concord, North Carolina. Ed, what happened? Well, every time I plan something here at Darlington, uh, Ned, you know, it never seems to work out. But this is a, this racetrack is in finer shape than I've ever seen it in. It's a wonderful racetrack. And we were running real well. We broke the throttle cable, lost a lot of time. And I ran until uh, I was getting blisters on my hands and John Sears was car. The car was running real well. I, I, I had to get out. I got John in it, and he didn't make the two or three laps. And I guess his foot's too big. Big John through the engine. Well, days like that, you just figure you aren't yours. Well, thanks a lot, Ned. We'll be back for the next one. I'll guarantee you that. Okay, we appreciate you coming by. I'm sorry that you're out of this one. The pit road's pretty clear right now, Hal. Uh, so whatever strategy they've uh, planned or uh, used up, well, they got to do it all over again. Of course, they hadn't run long enough that they need to. But they take advantage of this caution flag because they want to have every ounce of gasoline in the car that they can get. And, of course, uh, new rubber always runs a little bit faster than tires that are heated up. So... Uh, we're still going to be in for a real treat right down to the wire. Now back to the sky. Joe Frisson had a little confab a moment ago with John Bruner Sr., and uh, he's gone into his pits for consultation and evidently some infraction or something going on there. We'll be back to the action in just a moment. The signal went out from the NASCAR officials that would get the green flag the next time around, so we should have that coming up right now. Meantime... The Mel Larson car, Mel Larson from Las Vegas, Nevada, in the Thermosol Steam Bath Dodge, pulling down that back straightaway and into the pits. And we'll have the green flag once again here in a moment. David Pearson is the car out in front, and uh, Bobby Allison in second place. There are two, four, five cars between Pearson and Allison. Then about uh, four or five cars, no, right behind Allison is uh, 
Yarborough now as they come out of that fourth turn, and it's a smooth start this time. Nobody's shooting out in front. The caution car down. They're about ready for a start, Charlie Bailey. Yes, they are. The green flag's waving, and the whole pack comes charging off that fourth turn. David Pierce leads now in track position. Buddy Baker right behind as the cars go into the high back number one turn. Back to the eye. David Pearson out in front here in the Southern 500 being chased by Bobby Allison and Cale Yarbrough and Charbelais as they go down that back straightaway. Allison now pulls around Joe Frisson. He has Cuckoo Marlin just in front of him. He's going to have to go around Marlin to get up there and race with David Pearson. Meantime, Pearson opening up that gap, and he has Buddy Baker right in behind him. Baker, a lap behind, would like to make it up, and here comes Kale across. Here is Bobby Allison across, and Allison is two and two-tenths seconds behind. Two and two-tenths seconds behind. That's what the traffic can do to you, and about uh, two-tenths or maybe three-tenths of a second behind Allison is the Kale Yarborough car as they go down the back straightaway. Richard Petty, right in the thick of the action on the track, he is six laps down and holding to that number five position right now, but he is six laps down. Meantime, Buddy Baker would like to get in the thick of things, and he would try very, very well to get around David Pearson to make up this lap. Then if another caution comes out the way it did just a while ago, he could very definitely be back in the thick of things right down to the wire as far as this race is concerned. But he caught a little earlier. Uh, the uh, a little slower pit stop got him behind and then uh, running a little bit slower than some of the other cars. Lost a lap to the leaders. However, if he could have been in the position he's in right now in the last caution and the other one coming out within two laps, he could have moved around and made up a lot of the time. But he is a lap behind right now and trying to make up the time. Meantime, a battle for number two spot between Cale Yarborough and Bobby Allison. And Cale Yarborough taking him as they come down the front straightaway, moving out in front of Allison, taking up the number two spot. Cale Yarborough now in the number two spot as he streaks down that back straightaway. Definitely the fastest car here uh, for about 100, 150 laps has been Cale Yarborough. Now, whether or not he's faster Pearson car, we don't know. We'll try to get a clock on Pearson here in just a minute to see. But Pearson, after making that chassis change, seems to be handling very nicely through these turns. He seems to be able to put that car just where he wants it. And that, of course, is the important thing. We were talking to Bud Moore from Spartanburg about handling and the difference in just a little bit of space on the track. He was talking about Pearson and the fact that he usually told his uh, driver, and we'll give out one of his secrets, he said that he told Darrell Waltrip to watch David Pearson go through this, uh, these turns and see just how to get through the turns. And he said that after watching him two or three times that Waltrip sort of figured out that David Pearson definitely knew his way around the track. Right now, Pearson has his hands full of Buddy Baker. Baker right in behind him as they move through these turns. Baker trying to make up that lap. Baker tests him. He moves down the inside, down the back straightaway. They're side by side going down to that third turn. And Baker moves around and out in front of David Pearson. Now he's back in the same lap with him, trying to make up that lost time that he has. Buddy Baker from Charlotte, North Carolina has just moved around. David Pearson, and Pearson has some more problems headed his way as Cale Yarborough closes that gap and moves even closer. And we've got the makings of a real battle right down to the wire with about 67 laps to go in the Southern 500. David Pearson now, who's the leader, has Cale Yarborough right on his back bumper. He was clocked just a moment ago in 33.4 seconds. 
147.233. That's a little slower than Cale Yarborough. Cale Yarborough moves down the inside as he goes down the first turn, trying to get around him. But David Pearson moves back, holds him off, and now Cale tries him on the outside. Cale up high, David Pearson down low. David drifts up to the wall as they go down the back straightaway. And now Cale gets a running start off that second turn, moves down the inside. He's side by side going with the third turn. Pearson moves to the inside, cuts him off, and he has to move up to the outside. Cale falling back in line. Cale once again trying to get around David Pearson to take over the lead in the Southern 500. As they come down the front straightaway, he's right on his back bumper. And Buddy Baker just in front of those two cars. Buddy setting the draft right now. Pearson, the sandwich in the draft between Buddy Baker and Cale Yarborough. Those three cars to themselves up that back straightaway. And, of course, if you get any drafting at all, which you do over 100 miles an hour, that middle car has a handful handling that car because of the opposing forces from those two cars, one pulling in and one working the other way. So, Pearson driving with all of the skill he has, and now Cale Yarborough tries the slingshot, moves to the upper side, then slingshots down to the lower side, but he can't move around David Pearson. Pearson moves back to the inside, down in that bottom lane, as they move back into that first turn. Down the back straightaway, once again, Cale getting the run, and streaking down that back straightaway as Cale Yarborough with David Pearson right in behind him. Battling for that number one spot, Buddy Baker still in front of those two cars. If that caution could come out, it certainly would help Baker now as he can make it up and get back in the thick of things. Trouble for Bobby Allison. Bobby Allison came slowly through the third and fourth turn down into the pits. They're under the hood of that car and problems with that number 12 Chevrolet. And Dave, it looks like we will not have a three-time winner back-to-back with back-to-back wins three times as Bobby Allison they're moving working very slowly on that car Dick Jones did you see anything in particular happen to that number 12 as he came through that third and fourth turn what happened to him or did you see anything in particular I think what happened to him happened in the back stretch he came through he was taking the right hand and just feeding the steering wheel like, oh, what can you do? I thought I could make it three in a row. The car seemed to be running well. He was just shaking his head, hitting the steering wheel. Back to the eye. We'll find out. Ned Jarrett is up there in the uh, pitch right now with the Bobby Allison crew. They've already lost two or three laps. They have one of the crew members up and under the car working on something. Two of them under the hood of the car. They're working feverishly on that car as whether it will be to do any good, we don't know. Now they're taking the right front wheel. Evidently, they can't get to uh, the problem under there. They take the right front wheel off. They're going to put another one on. All kinds of problems, evidently, for Bobby Allison, and that's a real shame. A real shame, Dave. A guy like that who has the ambitions, the drive, and... Yeah, he must have been winning $280,000 last year, the Southern 510, including uh, nine other races. It must be most frustrating to him. The Bobby Allison car is still on the jack. They're still working underneath that uh, hood. Now they have the hood down, working on the right front. Speculation possibly, some suspension problems. We just don't know what the problem is with Bobby Allison. He lost a lot of time. They've done some work on it. He's rolling back down. Pit Road, of course, he'll want to go out there and finish as high as he can, both for money and for points. But I'm afraid, as far as a win in the Southern 500, it's just about gone by the boards. As far as Allison is concerned, he is now in fifth spot 
seven laps behind. Moving up at the number four spot is Benny Parsons now. Parsons six laps behind. He is seven laps behind. That will put Richard Petty at least eight laps behind. We'll check on that in just a moment. Meantime, Cale Yarborough has moved back around Buddy Baker to put Baker a complete lap behind. Baker trying him, trying to get around him, and Pearson has meantime closed the gap. Pearson is only a second behind now. He was about three seconds behind just a moment ago. So, with uh, Baker, and Baker has moved down on the inside and moved around Cale Yarborough. He's back in the same lap with the leaders now. He's moved back up and around and back in the same lap with the leaders. Ned Jarrett was up in the pits with the Bobby Allison crew. Let's go down to Ned Jarrett now and find out just what the problem was with Bobby Allison. Ned? Okay, Hal, it was a very freak situation. The brake adjuster fell out of the right front wheel. Of course, a lot of people might not think they have brakes on these race cars because they're tuned to going, but they also have to slow them down, particularly into these uh, tight turns here at Darlington. And, uh, of course, when that brake adjuster fell out, it caused uh, ill handling and vibration in that right front, so he had no alternative to come in. It took quite a while to find out exactly what was wrong, because it was such a freak thing happening to it, and I see that he's coming back down pit road once again, so evidently they don't have the uh, problem corrected yet. And I also went up and checked with the Wood Brothers to see if Pearson was having any particular problems, and they say when he runs right on the bumper of Cale Yarbrough that he is overheating. And uh, that's the only problem that he seems to be having, although it's not anything that's uh, uh, serious, that is serious enough that he has to back off occasionally. Now back to the... Well, uh, that would be a problem down at the wire if you're having problem running right on the back bumper of the guy. But, of course, I'm sure they won't worry about that overheating in those last few laps. He has fallen a little bit off the pace. Meantime, Cale Yarborough, evidently seeing Pearson closing up on him, has uh, moved back around Buddy Baker, and he has a full lap on Baker once again. So Baker is uh, a lap behind. And Cale uh, now streaks away from that pack as he goes up the back straightaway. And Allison is standing in the pits a couple of minutes this time. Lost a lot of ground to the other cars. In fact, he has lost that number five position now as Richard Petty has moved into the number five position. He was in the same lap with him, seven laps behind. And Allison is in least sixth spot or maybe even lower. He's going slowly down the back straightaway, trying to get up speed. But Allison, a real heartbreak for Allison here this afternoon as he was running very well, definitely in contention. He is out of contention now. He's still in the race, but he is seven laps behind and you just don't get seven laps behind the likes of Cale Yarborough and David Pearson and hope to win a race. Now they picked up 38 laps of lap money there, uh, but everybody else has picked up just a few here and there, too. It's been all Mr. Yarborough. Uh, I think, uh, gee was let's see, adding up uh, David Pearson, seven and three is 10, 23, 4 and five and six and 14. That's uh, just about 40 laps that he's led, and that's it. How about some statistics up to date? Sure, we have the 320 lap standings, and they have a record at 320. In 1970, in the Southern 500, the record had been 132.1 miles per hour. Now it's 132.9. Looking at the leaders at 320, Yarborough, Pearson, and then in third place, Buddy Baker in the same lap, five laps away in fourth position, Benny Parsons. Six laps off the pace in fifth position, Richard Petty. Now it's seven laps. Petty is seven laps away uh, on the current uh, track running. 
In sixth place, seven laps or more, we have Bobby Allison in sixth position. Seventh position, car number 14, Cuckoo Marlin. Number eight, and car number 18, Joe Frizon. Number nine, Darrell Waltrip. Number 10, Dick Brooks. Number 11, J.D. McDuffie. And number 12, Buddy Arrington. Those are your top 12 at the end of 320 laps. Those are the latest uh, official, unofficial type. Of course, they won't be official until tomorrow. And after a thorough check has been made, then you would say it would be an official race. But uh, this is from the uh, NASCAR scoring stand, this information. But our at a speed, though, is 132.9. Cale Yarborough, the winner of the 1968 Southern 500 here in Darlington, is leading the way. We understand that Darrell Waltrip, who seems to be a shoe-in for the NASCAR Rookie of the Year Award, has been voted the rookie of the 24th Southern 500. Joe Frisson has been named winner of the Bob Calvin Little Guy Award. That award goes uh, each year in the Southern 500 to uh, the young driver who seems to show the most promise as a young independent who is really in, I guess, what you would call a struggling stage in automobile racing. Joe Frisson has been around here at Darlington, but of course, he hasn't had that tremendously big ride. Coming in now for a pit stop is uh, number 24, Cecil Gordon. It looks as though that Cale Yarbrough just has to hold on and not make that mistake. David Pearson is too close by. In order to uh, make a mistake, you'd have, you'd really, it cost you there. It looks as though it's going to be Cale Yarbrough, though, unless something happens here. And, of course, in Southern 500 competition, you cannot count it at a race until that checker flag falls. Well, there's no way in the world you can say that uh, the race has settled down, but at least the action right now is uh, on the track. The cars punishing themselves as they go around this mile and three-eighths oval in the latter stages of it. 340 laps complete in Darlington Racing. And, of course, that means with 340 laps, you only have 27 to go in this event. We have the 330 lap standings for you. The average speed is on the way up again, 133.4. We've had five caution flags. That's the reason it has fluctuated. So this record was set in uh, the Southern 51970 with 132.3 miles per hour. Let's look at the standings now. In the same lap, the top two cars, and uh, they are, uh, of course, Cale Yarborough and David Pearson. Then in third position, Buddy Baker has fallen back a couple of laps in fourth position. Benny Parsons, and Benny is six laps off the pace. Now he has dropped back another one, and so he is seven laps away. In fifth position, Richard Petty, and he is seven laps behind the leader, Cale Yarbrough. And uh, the two men up front in the same lap, Yarbrough and Pearson. In sixth position is uh, Bobby Allison. Number seven is uh, Cuckoo Marlin. In number eight spot, Darrell Waltrip. Number nine, Dick Brooks, and number 10, Buddy Arrington. Those are the top 10 at 330 laps, if you are keeping records with us. And that speed, once again, 133.4. But Cale Yarbrough is leading at a 343-lap clip out here at the Darlington Mile and 3.8 at the stage of the race. Let's go to uh, John Quackenbush. Okay, gas going in the corner, and that is all, and David is gone in 10 seconds. The Wood Brothers figuring that the rubber on both sides of the car is in good enough shape to finish out this race, the final 21 laps of it. Here comes Cale Yarbrough by, and he has got one more pit stop to make, and it will probably be only the gas for him also. Now back to the eye of the sky. Al, that was unbelievable, that stop right there. How, how did you clock it? Uh, just a fraction over 10. In fact, the clock from 9-8 to 10-2. So it's a very fast pit stop, reminiscent of last year's pit stop 
when he made it after Allison, and then they had their dog-eat-dog fight right down to the wire, and Allison got him on the uh, up in the third turn there on that last lap. Now, uh, of course, uh, Pearson coming along, and uh, he is almost a lap behind, as you can see. He is almost a lap behind, and of course, we said he was only 10 seconds in the pitch, but you've got to slow down, then you've got to get your speed up, so that makes a difference. That makes a big difference. Kale, in all probability, would, right now, and I would say his strategy will be to try his best to get as close to Pearson as he can before he has to come in and make that stop, get in and out as fast as he can, be sure that pit lane is clear. Now, just a moment ago, Darrell Waltrip was in there getting white side tires and gasoline, so I'm sure that uh, the crew held him up just a moment. We'll watch and see, and uh, Charlie Bailey, if you see some signals down there from that Junior Johnson crew who are just in front of you, to call Cale uh, Yarborough in there for that gasoline, let us know, because that is the big thing right now. And by the way, the two crews of the two cars that are in contention are pitting side by side. So you can bet they've been sort of watching each other through the corner of their eyes to see what the other cat was going to do during the course of this race. They have brought David Pearson in. Pearson has enough gasoline now to go the rest of the way. Kale, in all probability, is going to have to make that stop. But Kale right now has moved right up on the back bumper of David Pearson on the back straightaway. And as a matter of fact, trying to pass him to get a full lap on the field. They are right now setting up Kale for a pit stop. And Kale will be coming in. And possibly Kale might be trying to get as much time as he can. He might possibly want to get some tires. We'll have to wait and see what the strategy is, I would think. He would go for gasoline only. Meantime, Cecil Gordon has come in for a pit stop. He got right side rubber, a tank of gasoline. He spun out of the pitch, went back out on the track, and he is out there right now, back at full steam. He was the winner of the second leg of the Winston Cup. Cuckoo Marlin coming down pit road. We're watching, and right now, Cale Yarborough slowing down. So Cale Yarborough is going to be coming in this time. He lost a little time as a car was uh, in front of him, and he couldn't make that pit stop just the way he wanted to turn there, just the way he wanted to. So he's going to lose a little bit of time. Let's see how much time he is in there. We put the watch on him. He has stopped. They're filling it up with gasoline. No tires. No tires. Meantime, David Pearson streaking up into that turn. He has gone in 8.2 seconds. 8.2 seconds for Cale Yarbrough. He beats him on that pit stop. He is back out and running as he goes into the first turn. Pearson coming across the start and finish line. And Cale Yarbrough is going to stay out in front and make that pit stop as David Pearson tries to catch up. And just a few laps to go. We've completed 353. 14 to go. Uh, 367. And you know, the thing that has been the main thing as far as the Wood Brothers, that extra second that time, cost them a lot of time out on that racetrack and could have cost them that race. Let's see right now how far Kale is in front of David Pearson. No, it's going to be more than a second. In fact, he is five and two-tenths seconds behind, but that definitely added to the problem. The fans still right with it here all the way. Nobody has moved from those seats. They want to see what happens as it's going down to the wire, but still about five and a half seconds separating these two cars between first and second place 
And today, it's been Cale Yarborough Day here at Darlington, South Carolina. What a departure from that spring race here, the Rebel 500, the first 500 that Pearson won here at Darlington. He won by about 13 laps, 19 miles, something like that. <laughs> uh, I think one of the greatest spreads in uh, NASCAR history, wasn't it? Very definitely. You know, that number 11 has been in victory circle before, hadn't it, Ned Jarrett? Don't you remember occasions? Let's see. Uh, uh, let's see. There's been uh, at least one other occasion. Yes, it sure has, Hal. In fact, about eight years ago today. <laughs> well, we'd uh, revive your memory just a little bit and uh, a little nostalgia there. Uh, Ned, does it make you want to get back in the, in a number 11 and head for Victory Circle or something? Uh, watching well, all this? Hal, it's always good to see a number that uh, you run so long doing so well as Gail Yarborough is here today. And, uh, of course, the sport makes me want to get back in it. You know, it's been about six years since I've been behind the wheel of one, and I'm afraid I'd be a little bit rusty. But uh, when you look at the amount of money these fellows run for today, it makes you have second thoughts there, too. I know what you mean. I know what you mean. Gail Yarborough right now, I'm sure, a lot of uh, thoughts and so forth going on through his mind. We were talking to uh, Dick Brooks, uh, Dave, the other night. Yeah. Dick Brooks won the Talladega 500, and he said that, I asked him, you know, what, what was your feeling in the last few laps? He said, well, he said, I've always heard from all these guys that I've never been in that position before, that you that you heard rattles that you'd never heard before, and the car didn't seem like it's handling right, and everything's going wrong. But he said, I guess I was just unconscious. Everything just went right for me. Uh, but here he is running along in ninth spot now. Dick Brooks is doing all right. And the Chevrolet that he wasn't too pleased with uh, to begin with, but he's been very competitive today, hasn't he? Notice that speed is up. We have a record speed at 350 laps, 134 Point two miles per hour. I think our record here for Southern 500 racing is around 131 plus. So we're really on it today. Well, fine. 134. Should we go on down to the wire? We've completed 359 now, 367. We have less than 10 laps to go, so we could have ourselves a new record for the Southern 500, although we had, what, five or six cautions? Five, five right. That's five right. so far. Yeah, 350 laps standing. I might point those out uh, just for the benefit of the fans who are interested in those uh, down in the pack there. Uh, number one, of course, is uh, Cale Yarborough. Number two, David Pearson in the same lap. Then Buddy Baker is one lap behind. Richard Petty is six laps off. And Benny Parsons is seven laps away. Then we look back into the field at sixth place. It is uh, the Allison car, Bobby Allison, in seventh place. This is in the 350 laps now. In seventh place is uh, Cuckoo Marlin. In eighth position, Darrell Waltrip. Ninth is Dick Brooks. Tenth is J.D. McDuffie, the North Carolinian in the Chevrolet. He's running in tenth spot, and he's been competitive today. Number 11 is uh, car number 67, and that's Buddy Arrington. And twelfth is uh, Bill Champion's car, that uh, Mercury. So that's the way they're running the top 12 at the end of 350 laps with a speed of over 134 miles an hour. We will... Uh be back to action from Darlington in just a moment from the Southern 500. This is the Darlington Universal Racing Network. Back at Darlington, the Southern 500, we had action over in the first and second turn. Let's go to Paul Sexton. Okay, car number 19, that's Henley Gray of Rome, Georgia, and James Hilton of Inman, South Carolina, just got it sideways in the middle of one and two. Both of them straightened it up and came out of it all in one piece, back to the eye. Uh, caution flag is flying here at Darlington. This is the sixth of the afternoon, the sixth caution flag of the afternoon, and we might very well have this race end under the caution. 
very well end of the caution and it would not have any bang on the race whatsoever because of the fact that Cale didn't have himself a very nice lead. The caution is out the sixth of the afternoon. Cale coming off the fourth turn now and we very well, in fact, uh, we've got 365 laps completed. The race is a 367 lapper. We will finish under the caution. There'll be no other way. The car has to stay out there at least one lap. He's catching the field now. They'll complete 366. They've completed 366. And uh, Charlie Bailey, were they waving the white flag that time? They sure were, Hal. And I heard a big poo go up in the crowd as if to say, well, let's not throw it now. Let's hold him up and get two more laps to run because Pearson is, uh, well, I would say about uh, four or five car lengths behind Yarbrough now. They want a mad dash for the finish. But the white flag did go out. we got the checkered flag. And then Johnny Bruner Jr., we should be getting that checkered flag under the caution in just a moment or so. They sent the pace car to pick up the leader. So undoubtedly now we will have a finish under the caution flag. The uh, black and white now being held by Johnny Bruner Jr. The car is slowly behind the uh, pace car coming off the fourth turn. Down the straightaway, Cale Yarbrough having his second win here at in South Carolina. And the checkered flag comes out. Cale Yarbrough, the winner, as the roar from the crowd goes up from a grandstand across the way. Back to the eye. And Cale Yarbrough coming down the front straightaway with his left hand out the window. The V for victory sign all the way around. He's got the V for victory sign out. A very happy gentleman with a great big Timmonsville grin on his face. A very happy guy. I'm sure he would like to head it down to the wire, but Pearson was about uh, four and a half, five seconds behind. And as long as that car stayed in uh, shape, ultimate winner, so really nothing taken away from Cale Yarborough by winning this way, nothing taken away from uh, David Pearson because he finished second. But uh, that record continues, Dave. It just is second, 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 second in the Southern 500 for David Pearson. That's right. It's five for David Pearson now. Five runner-ups, and uh, look at those wins in the Rebel race. Uh, but he did get the 500 miles in this spring, and uh, now I'm beginning to wonder whether or not uh, David's going to feel like he's jinxed. He's going to have to come back around try it again next year, and he's the type of will. Uh, they're interviewing him now for a television show. Got uh, Cale Yarborough at the start and finish line and the ABC crew there getting a quick uh, interview before he goes on down to Victory Circle and I'm sure a very happy Cale Yarborough, very happy for him and Betty Joe, the whole family and uh, there'll be joy in old Timmonsville tonight, won't there? I'll tell you right now. I can see the headlines. Councilman wins race. <laughs> a commissioner wins race, I should say. And this is a different kind than the one he won before. Commissioner wins local race. That's the way to headline it. <laughs> well, he'll be happy, and uh, there'll be a lot of joy over in uh, the town of Timmonsville tonight. And we're going to go down to uh, Victory Circle, uh, Dave. I think got everybody standing by over there. Right, we certainly are. Boy, this has been a win. This was Cale's 220th race in his career. And what a way to win, and win it, too. He uh, led about 277 laps the way we have it figured here. Uh, David got in about 40 and 38 for Bobby, 10 for Charlie Glotzbeck, and 1 for Buddy Baker. Otherwise, that's been about it. That's the way you have it, too, right? 277. Okay, and that uh, Ten different means times. That, wow. uh, we had five different leaders in the race, as we said, and we had on any number of uh, lead changes. I'll check over those steps here while uh, All right. we watch. We had 25, 25 lead changes among five different drivers. Kale led 10 times, 277 laps. 
Pearson six times, 40 laps. Allison five times, 38 laps. Glotzbach three times, 10 laps. And Baker two times for two laps. Let's go over to Victory Circle. Here we are ready with Gail Yarbrough, the winner. He's being surrounded by Herb Nab and some of the people. We want to find out if we can get to him with our radio broadcast in just a moment. He's trying to relax a little bit. They're checking to see if he's all right to stay in the car for our radio interview before he gets out. We're trying to find out, Bill, are you going to get him out first? He's coming out first. He's coming out first, and we'll get to him in just a moment. He's real excited, and well, he should be for his first victory here since 1968. And after leaving NASCAR for a few years to try the wars on the USAC circuit, he's come back to win his first major speedway victory in uh, since coming back. He's won two races this year, but this is the first one uh, here at uh, Darlington, right South Carolina. Right right Cale Yarbrough. <laughs> there, he's arguing hurt now. Cale, uh, how in the world does it feel to win again after so long? Well, it feels real good. Uh, I just got so, so many people to thank for putting up with me all year. It's been such a dry spell. Well, name some of them. Well, <laughs> of course, the uh, car care people who made it possible for us to to uh, run this year, the Junior Johnson Herb Neff, and uh, Ashton Law Company, who's been so good to us all year. Monroe Shock, good year tires, like a draw and all. I'm just yeah, let me ask you this. They say the way to beat uh, David Pearson is in the pits. Does that last pit stop you think help you do it? Well, I don't think, uh, I don't know, it might have helped me, but we beat him on the racetrack today, you too. certainly did. You drove a beautiful race. Did you, you have, have any good problems? Hat, Herb? Did you have any problems? Uh, none, no. Everything went good. Everything went real good. Yeah. Congratulations, Cale really. Yarbrough, winner of the 24th annual Southern 500. I want to ask Herb Nab one question here. Uh, Herb, you've been working for a long time for this, right? Yeah, I have. Yeah. I'm sure taking today. This feels like, like my first win because it's been long this year and we finally got it through. You've been there many times. And I really want to congratulate Junior and uh, Chevrolet, of course, the fine Chevrolet they have. And I want to congratulate Robert Yates to build these engines and all the guys on the crew. I mean, without them, you couldn't win a race. So. I got to say thanks to all of us. Right, you are, Herb Nath. Thank you very much, Chief Mechanic for the Cale uh, Yarbrough Chevrolet, winner of the 24th Annual Southern 500. Junior Johnson, how do you feel about this big win, sir? Well, it's a great thing for our crew. Our, the crew's memorial, their morale was way down, and this really helped them out a whole lot, I think. Cale done a good job. I thought it was great. What did it do for Junior Johnson's morale? Well, I've won here before, but I, I'll always take another win. I know you will. Congratulations, <laughs> Junior Johnson. Now back to the eye. Well, a fine race and a fine crew and uh, certainly deserving of a win, not to take anything away from anyone. These guys have worked hard and uh, had their difficulties this year, Dave, and it's just great to see them in Victory Circle. I, uh, well, I have many, many friends, all these guys, and I'd like for every one of them. I'd like for it to be a 40-lap dead heat one time, but it just doesn't work out that way. But uh, it is... Uh, Real great to see these guys come along and get a win after uh, a real rough season. Well, it was uh, still a moral victory as far as David Pearson was concerned, Dave, with that second-place finish and about $10,000. He did pass that million-dollar mark. So uh, it, it, it's not all bad, but it's still not like finishing first. But it means third, though. You have some final statistics for us, Dave. Yes, quite a bit to talk about. Uh, first of all, I noticed that uh, in looking back at the previous Southern 500s, that Ford has won six of the Southern 500. Chevrolet had won five, so that evens them with the Ford people. Mercury three, Plymouth two, Dodge two, Olds two, Hudson two, and Pontiac one. For those of you who follow Southern 500 racing every year. Looking at the unofficial finishing here now, and this, of course, is subject to change. We look at the latest report we have, and apparently we have a record speed of around 130. 
54 miles per hour, even though we came in on the caution, and uh, Cale won it with the yellow flag flying. It was the Cale Yarborough, then uh, David Pearson in second spot, third place, and one lap behind Buddy Baker, six laps off of place, the pace, and in fourth place, Richard Petty. Then in fifth spot, seven laps away, Benny Parsons in sixth position. It uh, was uh, Bobby Allison in seventh place. Cuckoo Marlin, 8th place, Dick Brooks, ninth, J.D. McDuffie, and in 10th position, Buddy Arrington. With all of that money and everything, Kale stands to win probably over $21,000. He had picked up in the Southeastern 500 at Bristol around $6,500 and about $5,200 in the Music City USA event at Nashville. So that's quite a change there, and I'm sure he welcomes it. He had picked up uh, so far in earnings for NASCAR about $88,325. He said it's been since 68 that he's won the Southern 500 at Darlington. He's really had to fight for his wins here this year. He's running fourth in the point standings. Of course, uh, he's a man that had a great year in 68 and is certainly destined for great things in NASCAR in the future years to come. He knows this racetrack. He, he has added to his... Uh, wins here now, his 17th career victory on the big tracks. Three wins at Atlanta, three at Daytona, two at Michigan, and uh, one at North Carolina Motor Speedway, but he hadn't won a super speedway event since back in 1970 in the American 500 at North Carolina Motor Speedway, so this was really a sweet one. He uh, was in there in 25 lead changes with five drivers leading 277 of the 367 laps and winning his 220th NASCAR uh, or participating in his 220th NASCAR race, winning his 17th. Well, we have the speed. 134.033 miles per hour for Keel Yarborough. Our appreciation to President Barney Wallace and his executive staff at the Darlington International Raceway. And we certainly want to include there Press Officer Bill Kaiser, who works directly with us. And the Darlington Universal Network directors are Hank Schoolfield and Paul Benson. Frank Jenny is at the controls. And it's always a pleasure for us to serve you from coast to coast. We've been all the way around from uh, one end of the ocean to the other and from one border to the other. And it's been a pleasure to have you with us by way of radio from Darlington, South Carolina. This is goodbye from the Darlington Universal Racing Network. Motor Racing Network Classics is a production of the Motor Racing Network with studios in Concord, North Carolina. Remember to visit MRN.com for all the latest news and information. Any use of the accounts or descriptions contained in this broadcast must be with the express written permission of NASCAR and the Motor Racing Network.